The show is brought to you by our generous patrons at patreon.com slash falloutlorecast. Robots Radio presents the Fallout Lorecast. Welcome to the Fallout Lorecast, a place for the Fallout community to come together to explore the boundaries of our knowledge about the world of Fallout. Wastelanders, Vault Dwellers, it is time again for our end of the month patron episode. And this month we are discussing all sorts of creepy creatures in the wasteland. Uh, some of our favorite creatures to have encountered in the Fallout games. And we've got a full cast of characters again this month. And it is such a fun discussion. So uh, before we get into that, though, I need to thank all of our new patrons and read out some of our new reviews that we got over this last month. And so thank you to Stephen WB and Speedrun and James M for being our new patrons this month. I really do appreciate the support. And there were some upgrades. We had uh, an upgrade from uh, Master Dueler, who you will hear on this episode. He upgraded from a tier two to a tier four patron. And as always, I, I really appreciate all the support. I, I can't believe how much, uh, how far, I guess you could say that this podcast has come in the last year. Um, if you've noticed, I've up, updated the uh, logo a little bit. I've got like a year two thing. The glow on the Pip-Boy screen in the background is increasing. And now the logo is kind of in shadow and silhouette. So I thought that was kind of a fun idea. Um, and it's going to be something that I do every year as we as we update in order to let people know that this show is still going and we're continuing to grow and change with time. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm just having a good time doing it and I don't see a reason to stop. And with your support, that just lets me <laughs> helps me understand that you guys are happy with what I'm doing. And, and so I'm going to keep going. Um, also, other news before we get to reading through the reviews and the actual uh, interviews with the patrons. Um, it is currently Monday morning. We just recorded this episode last night. It was a Sunday night, uh, last Sunday of the month. If you happen to want to become a tier four patron, that's usually when we record these episodes at the end of the month. And um, that means that this is going to come out probably tomorrow uh, for most people. Uh, if patrons, it comes out early, of course. But I'm going to stop yammering here and get to the point. The end of this week, in just a few days, in fact, on Thursday, I am flying out to Boston to PAX East because Bethesda Game Days is happening alongside PAX East. And I've mentioned this on previous episodes, so I just want to make sure if you missed it that you guys know that I will be up there at Bethesda Game Days in order to perform with the cast of Chad, a Fallout 76 podcast, because they invited that show to perform at Bethesda Game Days. It'll be on Saturday at 3.30 p.m. Eastern. They'll be streaming it. It's like a 50 minute show. I get to play a character on the on the show. So you'll see me. I'll have my robots hat so you'll know which one I am. And it's going to be so much fun. We're going to get to talk with some of the devs and some of the people who work at Bethesda who are behind the scenes working on stuff and get to just be part of the whole big thing. We're also going to get to demo like 20 minutes of Wastelanders and I will be doing a, a ask me anything and Emma on the fallout 76 discord channel. And I'm, what I'm thinking is I will actually uh, do something similar on our discord uh, after I get back. So 
the the one that's scheduled right now is scheduled for Tuesday evening. What I think I will do is I will devote some time on Tuesday during the day to and ask me anything on the Robots Radio Discord as well. So go check that out. It'll, it'll be in the official announcements once I've nailed down a time that I can definitely do it. But I'm thinking for the Tuesday that I get back from PAX East, let's see, what day of the week is that? Uh, that is the third, Tuesday the third. So check that out. The link is in the show notes to the Discord, or you can just search Robots Radio Discord for that. Also, if you are going to be in the area, if you live in Boston or you're going to PAX East or Bethesda Game Days and you want to meet up, there's a channel in the Discord for coordinating our schedules. So if you want to get a drink or hang out and get dinner or something like that on one of the nights where we get some extra time, then check that out as well. I would love to hang out with some of you guys and meet you face to face if possible. That would be super cool. And one more thing, if you happen to have any questions you would be interested in me being prepared to ask, should I get the opportunity while I'm up there? Please share those as well in the uh, Boston event uh, discord. So just jump in there, share the questions or say, hey, I, you know, I, I want to get together. I'm going to be in the area. Let me know. Um, all right. Enough of that stuff. We're going to move on to reviews that came in over this last month. And we've got some good ones that came in. Some of them are actually fairly long. And um, if you if listening to the reviews isn't your thing, I appreciate everybody who leaves reviews, by the way, on Apple Podcasts. It really, really does help. We're at like 230 or something. Five star reviews. It is nuts. But if if you want to skip this part, just jump ahead about five minutes. You'll get to the interview. This is this is a long episode. I totally understand. Um, but if you want to hang out and listen, then more power to you, I guess. So we have Mysterious Stranger 23 from the U.S. who writes Fallout Lore, five stars. This is my favorite podcast. Fallout has always been my favorite game series, and I've always loved the universe and story behind the game. As I am an automotive detailer, I get the privilege of using headphones at work. So I'm able to get my Fallout fix even when I'm at work. I go to school full time for accounting as well as work this part-time job so I get very limited time to play anymore. Robots gives lots of detail on the lore of the game and provides theories and psychological background on each category. Thank you for providing these shows. They make my workday better and go by a lot quicker. Zach. Thanks, Zach. That really is a wonderful review and a, a great synopsis of the show, and I'm sure it will help a lot of people you know, figure out that this might be something they're interested in. So thank you so much. UU on RR from the United States writes a great podcast. Great show makes work pass faster. Listening to great facts and lore. Very simple and to the point. Thank you for that review. Then we have Nunimer nomenclature, who is one of our tier four patrons who you're going to hear on this episode, who writes this wonderfully um, flattering synopsis. Uh, dude, such nice words you put in here. I really do appreciate it. He writes, the best place to learn Fallout lore, five stars. This podcast is fantastic. Tom or Robots is an incredibly thoughtful and intelligent podcaster, additionally a super nice guy. He presents Fallout lore into bite-sized portions that present all the information you need to get educated on the subject at hand. More than that, he brings forward thoughtful questions to help you not only understand the lore, but empathize with the people in these stories. His podcasts allow you to connect with various strands of information to the Fallout world as a whole and connect them to the real world with deep understanding and emotional weight. 
As a fan that started with the first Fallout game, finding this podcast and the amazing network and community he has built has been a great experience. If you enjoy Fallout, sci-fi, alternative history, or just, or even just interested in, (laughs) I just messed that up, even just interesting thought experiments, check out this podcast. Start at the first episode and you will get caught up in no time at all. It's that addictive. Also, Tom might have the best voice in podcasting. (laughs) Keep up the great work. Dude, that is so flattering. Thank you so much for all the kind words there. Um, And then we have, (laughs) sorry, but we have uh, my favorite of the reviews that came in this last month from Lorienra in the U.S. who writes, meh, three stars. Good lore-wise, two stars off for Bethesda Apologist. <laughs> All one sentence. <laughs> Wait, what? Uh, I'm a fan. I don't know that I'm a Bethesda Apologist. Mm, I'll let you guys ponder that one. All right, thank you everybody for the reviews. And um, if you want to leave a five-star review to counteract the three-star Apologist review, then that would be helpful too. All right, going to cut out the yammering and get to the interview episode. I hope you guys enjoy it and I will be at Paxis this week and hopefully have a new episode out early next week. Uh, if I can knock it out in time, I'll, I'll do my best. All right. Talk to you guys later. See ya. Hey there, everybody. Welcome back to the Fallout Lorecast. I'm your host, Tom, or Robots. I'm coming up with new creative ways of saying those two things so they don't sound like one word because I like to mash them together. And I'm your host of the Fallout Lorecast. And this is the end of the month special episode we have with our tier four patrons. And this month we've got some new people. We got some old people. We're mixing it up and we are talking about creepy creatures, your favorite or most interesting creatures and everybody's bringing something, some sort of enemy, some sort of creature from the games to discuss. And they're also inventing their own and they're going to pitch us with some ideas for what they think would be a really cool creature to include in future fallout games. So I'm just going to go through the list and introduce everybody and then we'll get on with the show. So coming back again, we have aperture flash. Welcome back aperture. Hey, happy to be here. How you doing? Hey, glad you can make it. And where are you now? You're always on the road somewhere. I'm in Porter, Indiana, parked at a Travels of America off exit two of Interstate 94. Come visit me. <laughs> Come visit you. So if anyone's listening <laughs> while you're still, wait a minute, when this episode goes out in like a few days, and then you're, you're going to oh. still be at the same place. <laughs> what can I say, man? I'm lazy. You're not a very good truck driver. I'm sorry. No, I'm not. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Well, welcome back. And then we have with us for the first time, Magnus Vile. Magnus, welcome to the show. Hey. Hey. And you are, uh, you're calling in from overseas. Why don't you tell people where you're calling from? Uh, I'm calling from Ireland, which is essentially rain, 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 rain. We don't get much sun. Is it rain season right now? Summer. It's always right. Fall, season. winter. What's what? What year is it? It's winter. It's winter. It is just fact is one of the funniest jokes I've ever heard is, uh, you know the way it said that it rained for forty days and forty nights in the Bible. Yeah, no, that's just an Irish summer. That's just Irish. <laughs> nice. Well, thanks for joining us. And then we've got uh, Nunamur. Welcome back. Thank you. Happy to be here. Yeah, glad to have you on the show again. 
I'm excited to see what you're bringing this time. You had we had fun going over your uh, we had fun going over everybody's topics, but I know yours had some uh, some further discussion even on like Twitter and the Discord and stuff. So um, I'm hoping uh, you've set kind of a high bar. I'm hoping you're bringing it Uh-oh. again this time. Uh oh. Well, Uh-oh. at least I'm I'm revisiting New Orleans my thing, so that might help. Oh, cool! Very <laughs> cool. Awesome. And then Soybean is back. Soybean, welcome. Hello. It is Hello. I the Bean. It is I the Bean. Can we just call you the Bean? Yes, the Bean. <laughs> that's that's awesome. That's pretty. Uh, what's I don't know. What's the word for the instead of a? It's like definitive. It's like there is no other Bean. There is only me. The exactly. Bean. The yeah. Bean. Well, welcome back, the Bean. And then rounding it out for this episode, at least for right now, because we have a few people who couldn't quite make it right at the moment, but that might be popping in later, is Woman on Fire plus one. Yes. Welcome to the show. I have brought a special guest with me today. Hi. <laughs> this is the kid on fire. <laughs> the kid, kid on fire. So we've got Woman on Fire and your son, Kid on Fire. Is that, so, is that what we should that's call That's what we're rolling with. Yep. Very cool. Very cool. And in my mind, I told them before the show that I'm just going to pretend that Woman on Fire is doing voices for two people and that there's only one person there. I have no proof. This is all audio. Unless you talk at the same time, that would be really hard to do that. He does tend to talk right over me, which is normal. (laughs) Oh, see, you're doing it. And you're either the best ventriloquist ever or there are actually two people there. Or you pre recorded it. That might be, that's the other option. (laughs) The world may never know. We'll right here, know. All right. <laughs> All right. Well, we're going in alphabetical order this time. And I'm, I'm going back up to the top of the list. Aperture. Who, who, what, I guess, what really, what creature are you talking about this week? Well, we'll get to that. Time. Oh, don't worry. Oh, all right. But um, I want to do something this time. Um, every week on the Lorecast, ask, uh, you put us in the shoot. Um, Whatever the flavor of the week may be, correct? Yeah, yes. Well, Tom, this week I would like to put you, Mr. Robots, into the shoes of some random waste slider. A, 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 a traitor, let's say. A traitor. Right. Congratulations, right. Tom. You are a well known tra- traitor who has just entered the metro area. You've Thank got you. deals do in I every have, town. Do you have a name? You have um, Tom. Just Tom the traitor. It's a. It's a uh, it's Trash a can Tom? Name. Trash can Tom. Trash can Tom. Trash can Tom. And he wanders into town with his pack Brahmin buddy and his two mercenary guards. Uh, let's say Ken and Dave. Ken um, and Dave. They're going to be excited <laughs> to find out that they're my mercenary guards. <laughs> that was a Fallout Hub joke. If anybody doesn't listen to the Fallout Hub, they're the other the co-hosts on the Fallout Hub. So, okay. So me, me, Trash can Tom, Dave and Ken. So, Got it. Yeah. So the four of you are wandering around the waste. You've been going from town to town, making a name for yourself. And you feel, you're feeling pretty good. There's been a history spread about you that you're uh, very hard to take down. Nylon unkillable. You chalk it up to being having high endurance and being so unlucky that it almost turns out to be lucky. It's like, so, <laughs> it's like a dial. It goes all the way over to the other side. Yeah, it's the horseshoe. Right, hmm. yes. So... Uh, you're wandering along one day, and then you hear this noise. You look over at your pack Brahmin buddy. He's nervous. He's antsy. He, you know, he's pulling at the bit. You try and calm him down. What's going on, buddy? What's going on? Then all of a sudden, yeah, bang, on, a, shot, a shot cut rings out. Oh, my goodness. 
Oh no, Ken, he's taking a bullet to the thigh. Not oh, Ken. Goodness. No. Then you hear. him! This rumbling voice, and over the hill comes a super mutant. Oh no! Oh, you 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 pull out your weapon, but oh goodness, there's another one. My God, they're everywhere. What can you do? You're surrounded. Oh no, one has got Dave. You do your best oh, no. to fight. You watch, you watch in horror as a super mutant grabs Buddy and pulls him away, picking him up with one arm. The brute strength. Oh, the humanity! And then, thwack! All of a sudden, you're hitting the head with a super sledge. Everything goes blurry. And then, you hear, Bring these ones to the green stuff! And uh -oh. then everything goes black. You're not quite sure how long it takes. You're not quite sure where you are when you wake up. You hear the sounds of dripping. You hear the sounds of machinery. You hear various angry voices all around you. You open your eyes. You're tied up. You know that much. What's that next to you? Is, is that a cat? Is there, is there, there's a cat and a dog tied up next to you. You hear mooing off in the distance. Is that Buddy? You can't tell. It's, it could be any Brahmin. You hear more arguing. And then you hear... Just throw them in the green stuff. And you get lowered. You realize, to your horror, you're above a bubbling vat. You don't know what it is. We know what it is, but you don't. And as you're slowly lowered into forced evolutionary virus, you feel yourself black out again. Horrible, sickening sensation in your gut. <sighs> hours pass. Maybe it's minutes. Maybe it's hours. Maybe it's days. We don't know. But you wake up. Your body, oh God, your body, it hurts. What, what's going on? Where are you? Why can't you speak? You look up. There's a piece of glass that is part of your cell. It's not broken. It's dark behind. It's dark enough that it acts like a mirror. You look up and what, what you see is only vaguely human. It's, it's disgusting. It's horrible. It's, it's slithering. It's, it's rotting. It's, <laughs> you feel your brain start to break. And the last coherent thought that you have as Trash Cam Tom, the traitor, a word that's uttered campfires to scare children, it's a word that you don't want to think. The word is centaur. And then you entirely, forever. So yeah, this week I'm doing centaurs. <laughs> I can't even speak anymore. <laughs> So, no, unfortunately, the forced evolutionary virus um, rolled the dice, and unfortunately, uh, one. It was somehow less than a one. Um, a lucky person is killed by the FE. You have been transformed. The addition of animal, of random animal, and other possibly other people we don't know uh, have combined you into the grotesque figure of a centaur. My Just tongue is crazy. I've got actually these extra you, things sticking out now. You have three tongues. Oh, man. It's terrible. It, it hurts. Um, basically, the way this works is, uh, you know, you, you covered it in your Vault 87 about the FE. Um, but it, it's so incredibly unstable that um, the fact that you created it all is frankly a miracle. Um. But the centaurs are the unlucky few, the really unlucky few. Um, the standard centaur, it, it, it's human, technically, in vaguely 
appearance. Uh, you know, in that it has hands. Sometimes it has has skin, uh, it's and its like head, head is sort of human. Yeah, kind of a yeah. humish head. I think that's like the the main defining factor is like, well, at least it's got kind of a humanish head. It's got two eyes, a mouth, and nose. That's that's human enough. That's uncanny, Valley. Yeah. yeah. Uh, there are several uh, different forms of um, centaur. If you're lucky, uh, you become just a standard. Um, if you're unlucky, you become something like a two-headed centaur, which I'm looking at, these appear in Fallout 4, or four, sorry, these appear in Fallout 1 and Fallout 2. These are um, nasty. I'm counting six legs, a dog head, a human torso, a human head, and a uh, cluster of wriggling, fleshy tentacles, tentacles bloom out from, under, from their underside. Um, mm. There's the one-headed one-headed centaur, which you unfortunately that was featured in Fallout Three and New Vegas. Um, these act as uh, guard dogs for super. Now they they're a little bit more sensitive than the super mutants, so they're a little it's it's easier for them to detect you know prey or what have you and uh, alert alert the with uh, their unpleasant noises that they make. Um, there's the evolved centaurs, which are just, you know, it's basically the same thing. Four limbs, um, three tongues, but it's beefier. It's got big tumors on its back. And, you know, the giant evolved centaur is basically that. Um, first time I encountered one of these in game, I had a legit nightmare. Uh Uh-huh. Um. Yeah, go on. Tell us. Tell us about how you, were. Were you playing three New Vegas? It was three. It was three. Um, I encountered one. I was in more of the southeastern part of the map, and I mm-hmm. actually saw it cross a river. Um, and now I usually do a sniper build, so I'm. I'm. I see the cross the river and kind of sweep my scope over, and I see this thing walking and my literal words were is that and um it was horrifying but like it's true body horror um any of your viewers who don't know what i'm talking about who uh 76 or fallout 4 um i would recommend that you look it up it is a sight Um, yeah i thought i thought maybe you were gonna throw me and uh Dave and Ken in the vat together, <laughs> and we would end well, they... up as a <laughs> mesh of the three of us. <laughs> well, uh, Ken Gross. became a super mutant, and uh, Dave got eaten. <laughs> okay. Sorry. Sorry, sorry, Dave. Well, sorry to all of us, really. <laughs> I mean, they, yeah, sorry. They're kind of sorry all, to all of us. kind of terrible, but yeah. Yeah. I don't, <sighs> don't know what happened to Buddy. Rumor has it he's wandering around with a bunch of brains in his saddlebags. We need to deal with that, by the way. We need to deal with the brains. The um, brains? <clears throat> yeah, what happened we need to deal with, with buddy bots. Buddy bots? Yeah, we, brain we brain need issue? To deal with your robot. I've been yeah, saying we need to, to kill that thing. I think we're going to have to find one. out what happens. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, um, uh, I think yeah. that, that that makes a good poll to, that we need to put up on uh, Twitter is if you were dipped in a vat of FEV, would you rather A, die, <laughs> B, Become a super mutant, or C, become a centaur. Well, that's um, 
I think it's actually kind of brilliant that uh, the devs Centaurs and Fallout simply because um, Centaurs are mistakes. They are horrible mutations that frankly should not exist. The Super Mutants, they released those on Boston to create chaos, but um, you know, Super Mutants, they have a, like, you know, formula that they follow. They can sort of be guided and sort of controlled through, like, um, where you put them. You drop a cluster of Super Mutants in one spot, they're going to cause ha- havoc. In- Whereas a centaur is more like a wild animal. You've got very little control on what that's going to do. So I could see the instant actually just outright killing and incinerating any possible centaurs that uh, get made. So sure. yeah. That's 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 the reason I came to why Centaurs Fallout 4. Can you imagine that done in that engine? That horrible like I mean scary in that engine. Yeah, well you know you know what that makes me think of is the trailer for Wastelanders. Uh, there's a very brief glance at what looks like a large bipedal mutated humanoid oh, thing. Oh yeah. That might You're be right. related. Like uh, when you when when this when I realized this was going to centaurs, uh, that that's what popped in my head. I was like, hmm, I wonder if we're getting some of that somehow coming <laughs> back. You know, like because there hey. there is the uh, the FEV lab in uh, West Virginia that you can find. Right. Um. So the idea that like some other weird creations like those could be around because of that is not too far fetched. Well. Th- it's it's funny the uh, mythology behind centaurs is they, they're actually pretty wise creatures in Greek mythology. Um, oh yeah, right. Like it, um, pretty much only thing that these creatures share with uh, the you know what, what their na- their namesake is the name and the fact that they're torso out of a body. Um, right, right. It's uh, like the first. Uh, First time I encountered one, I ran away. I was like, I was level 25. I ran away. I was scared of that thing. I still am. Yeah. In fact, yeah, I kind of noped out too. I found, I found a pit of them. I think the first time I found them, they were in a pit with some sort of like vat of goo or something down in it. Oh. And they were like, at first I thought there was one and there were like two others down in there also. And I, yeah, I kind of looked down there and it was like, Mm, nope. <laughs> it was yeah. like, not going down there. This is not a thing I want to do today. I'm not hanging out with those guys. No. I mean, by the time I got to New Vegas, uh, I had forgotten they, because uh, they, they don't appear right away in the game, right? So I'm, you know, I've got, I've got my spurs there, jingle, jangle, jingling, and I'm wandering along my merry way feeling happy to be single and uh, listen to Johnny guitar play it again and all of a sudden I look over the edge of a cliff and hey there is a monstrosity god and it was the evolved centaur too yeah I um, took my big iron and got the hell out of there <laughs> yeah yeah and, and for- pretty they're pretty tough uh, when you first come across them too yeah no because uh, their skin is is um, mutated to be extra thick and muscular that's there's no fat on these. It's, uh, they're, they're swole. They're, they're, they're tough. They're beefy little buddies. Beefy little buddies. <laughs> beefy. We'll call them the beefy buds from now on. The beefy buds. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> the beefy boys. <laughs> the beefy boys. Oh, I came across another beefy boy yesterday. 
that is unkind? the person that, yep. that is the, uh, the the person in the settlement that everyone. <laughs> cool. Well, uh, cool. Yeah. Centaurs are, are definitely, definitely creepy. They're definitely on that list of like, d- definitely wouldn't want to run into it. I just said definitely four times now, uh, in, in real definitely. life. Um, so, uh, what's, what kind of creature are you inventing to bring to the game? So, um, <clears throat> before, uh, trash canton fortunate made an unfortunate trip up North. Uh, about a stash of uh, Nuka-Cola maple, which uh, he wanted to bring down south and sell for 300 bottles a cap. Hmm. Lovely capitalist that he is. Uh, he makes it just past Ronto, and he gets to the Algonquin National. He gets himself very lost. And one night, he's, at, he's built himself a, a camp He's warming his hands by the fire and he Snap! 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 He looks up. You know, he figures, okay, I'm going to have to deal with a Yaogwai. No fun, but I'm going to be tonight. <laughs> All of a sudden, from between the trees, tree actually falls over onto his tent. Uh, poor Ken breaks his leg. Oh, you know? no. <laughs> Ken just poor can't Ken. catch a break today. Can't catch um, a break. <clears throat> Dave stands up, he readies his gun, and then all of a sudden, a giant antler swoops in and throws him off into the darkness. Tom steps back, and in the firelight, he sees 12-foot-tall moose fangs, razor-sharp antler, and hooves the size of your head. Oh, God, usually from a distance, they're so friendly and, and calm to look at, but up close, it wants to eat you. It's a fanged moose? It's a fanged moose. Is it, it like is a vampire irradiated, moose? It's like, a, well, I guess you could call it a vampire. <laughs> it, drains, it drains all the warmth out of you by draining your blood in frozen husk. Oh, no. Dude, m- moose are nothing to mess with. They're huge. No, man. You, you, like, there, there's a, a very common, you know those big bars you see on the front of trucks? Yeah. In uh, the south, they're called bull bars. In the north, they're moose bars, and frequently you'll replace your entire bumper with a moose yeah. bar welded directly to your frame. Yeah, didn't um, we talk about we talked about this a little bit last time? Didn't we? we Something may have, yeah. it came up. Yeah, yeah. We we're talking about running into a truck with a moose, and then the moose just walks away, and the truck's like totaled. Totaled. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I, I had to. I had to go with the moose again because I, I feel like the moose got too much attention, and uh, frankly, he's attention yeah um, i can i can imagine a, a very northern set fallout with a really scary mutant moose um, well i feel like it would be almost as hard to take down as a as like a miler because think of like they're, they're not slow creatures you know no. if it was big yeah it would be a little bit slower but it could easily keep up with any running pace that a man could set it'd be like um like they're bigger than horses Unmutated. Right. This is like people. this is like a mount for a super mutant. Easily. You just you just Easily. invented super mutant mounts. Oh God! Can you oh imagine a God. super mutant riding on a mutant vampire moose? <laughs> oh no! Oh man! Um, all right. So Canada has been lost all over. All over again. We need to open this up to everybody else. If anyone else wants to chime Agreed. in, uh, l- let me know. And um, 
you have any thoughts on Unimer? What are you thinking? Yeah, I was going to say uh, similar to how Aperture was saying, um, anybody that hasn't seen a Centaur, you know, look it up from Fallout 3 or New Vegas. They're, they're really freaky when you see them, you know, three-dimensionally, but they're surprisingly freaky if you go back to the original games and see yeah. what the animation looks like in, in Fallout 1 and Fallout 2. They were just, looked like even more of just a grotesque, mutated mass of flesh and muscle and just uh, really freaking, freaky looking. And uh, the other thing I wanted to, I don't think you mentioned this, but um, the their spit. Um, oh, I co- totally spit, forgot about the spit. Yeah, the spit attack. And the thing about that, too, is it it does um, a, a significant amount of radiation damage. So it, you know, it hits you and it doesn't seem like it's doing all that much. But then you see the soak, the rads you're soaking up and it's like, oh, God. Plus, just the thought of being spit on by something that looks like that just is not good. Because God knows what that spit you. Like, what have you. Oh, you're breaking up. Aperture? Uh-oh. Try and say that again. I said, God knows what that spit you. Who knows what. <laughs> he just broke up again. Who knows? Oh, Who no. Knows? With that spit blank. Knows. Who knows blank. <laughs> what that spit. You- oh, it did it again. The internet. Oh, no. He just dropped. Oh, and he's back. Are you there now? What that spit used to be. Oh, there we go. All right. <laughs> <laughs> you did it. Ooh. Hooray. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I remember them spitting at me. Yeah. That was, that was definitely the warning sign of like, don't jump down in that pit. All the, all this. There's gunk. Well, oh. it, it makes sense. Anything that's dipped in FE comes inherently to radiation. The probably most of its diet is probably pretty heavily irradiated. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, you are what you and eat. I, so yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and yeah. and you're absolutely right, Noom, about the uh, being in Fallout One and the um, how the low pixelation somehow makes them. The fact that you can't see their details makes it even. Yeah, it's like it's like they're just like wreathing, like they're these like just body parts all stuck together in this mass of flesh that just kind of wreathe around. They've got this like creepy crawly wreathing body thing going on. A small part of you knows it was human, can't mm. tell how. Right, right. Well, those are some really fun, fun, uh, man, and gross <laughs> and grotesque things to bring to the show. Thank you very much. Yeah. Anybody else want to chime in on this one? Any other thoughts on centaurs or mutant m- moose, mises? Moose, meese, mooses? There is no correct answer. Hey, oh, and by the way, Captain <laughs> GoFast just joined us, just was able to be on. Welcome. Hey, Welcome. guys. Hey, you, you made it. Good? Yeah, we can hear you good. Did you have thoughts on this one? Yeah. Um. So Centaur, I mean, yeah, yeah. I pretty much, I honestly didn't hear too much of Apertures. So I'm going to ask you a question that was probably already covered. But like, so with the whole FEV thing, how did Centaurs become to be? Like, they obviously, were they humans? Did they start as humans? You know, was it a they test st- subject like that? or? They started out as humans, but they were um, basically the FEV, FEV um, it, like it, it just didn't take right like it it was uh, it's so heavily unpredictable and so um like just out there that you know the supermoons they start combining like cats dogs brahmin um bears if they could catch them and throw it all into the fuv people to see what would happen you know, like a, a giant th- and um 
it the result was unstable. And so centaurs yeah. are a common mistake of the FEV. That's, like one of the that, mistakes that was able to survive unexpectedly. Yeah. Like most of the things that came out of the FEV that looked sort of like just a mesh of just nonsense didn't live long enough to survive. But for some reason, this combination of things or this uh, uh, mutation version, I guess you could say, uh, was able to survive. And so therefore, these were these were the ones that actually lived. I would actually. So there's no real telling. No, there is no real there is no real telling Um, a like. A clean stock human, the master after, likely would not become a centaur. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Um, just because their DNA was strong and unaffected by radiation. But you got to remember that the what makes FEV so incredibly unstable is the fact that um, our DNA is irradiated, so it really doesn't know what direction to evolve in, right? So, you know, if, 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 if it was a clean human from say a vault, say vault 101 with zero radiation, you'd probably get your standard Superman. If you had Buddy who was sitting outside of Rivet City begging for water every other day because he couldn't keep up with the dirty water no more, you know, you, you probably got yourself either a dead body or a centaur. <laughs> yeah. I would, yeah. I would actually argue that a centaur physically is closer to the master. Uh, yeah. Yeah, the master looks like a big mesh of body gore and weird. Yeah, totally. He just got really he just got really lucky that he was able to maintain some his mind for one, right. and that he was able to connect to the computer and became psychic. <laughs> right, right. Oh, good old nineties storytelling. Gotta <laughs> love it. Yeah. Roll the dice. Yeah. Well, awesome. Very cool stuff. We're going alphabetically and Captain GoFest, you are alphabetically the next one. Are you ready to go or do you want to you want to hold off? I mean, honestly, yeah, I, I could use a little bit more research. I just got done with band practice, so I need to kind of. Sure, sure. My notes real quick. Yeah, we'll, we'll rope you in at the end. We'll come back to you. So, Magnus, that means you're next. Um, OK, well, I'd like to propose a situation. You've just landed in New Boston. You'd heard about this amazing theme called Nuclear. You go through, you find it's piped up with raiders who want you to become the rover. But they need you to clear out certain areas. So you go to this one area on the map called the Safari Zone. You go there, 
and you're walking through, and suddenly you hear a loud roar, like kind of a screeching sound. And you turn to find a creature barreling towards you that looks similar to a deathclaw, but they're not a deathclaw. The creature I'd like to propose or talk about today is Gator Claws. Gator or, Claws! Yeah, I remember those they guys. They are man-made creatures, and they are made by Dr. Darren McDermott. He was a scientist who worked in the Safari Zone on uh, mutations and genetic modification. So remapping genetic cells into building new creatures. And after the bombs dropped, he was a sole survivor of the, um, of the Safari Zone and mutated into a ghoul. Throughout the next two centuries, he stayed hidden using the Nucagen Replicator, which is the machine that duplicates things to make himself food and whatnot. And one day he went out into the Safari Zone and found a dead super mutant. So he decided to drag it back into his underground lair. And using the brain and other parts of the DNA from the super mutant, he decided to try and mix it with different creatures. Um, he tried alligators, and he found that a combination of alligator and Jackson chameleon genetic material would make a gator claw, which is a creature that stands similar to a death claw, as I was saying, but their face and their body is more adapted towards the alligator with a long snout and claws that weren't meant for ripping apart as so to hold them down. Now, Nuka World is the only place you can ever find them. And there are only about four in the game. Uh, three of them being standard gator claws, one being an albino. Uh, they have the highest courage stat in the game besides death claws, which means that they will attack you on sight. They will not be running away from you or anything. They have some of the strongest melee in the game, again, similar to death claws, and Using the Wasteland perk, the um, Wasteland Whisperer perk, we can identify them as all-female, which may have something to do with the cloning facilities. Uh, we've uh, People believe that the cloning facilities, he may have only found female alligators or as such, so he could only make females. That's why he had to clone them. Mm. They have 705 base health, and the albinos have 750. They only have 30 um, resistances, like 30 resistance to, I believe it is um, damage. Is like, like physical damage? Uh, like damage resistance and damage coming in. They mm -hmm. only have about 100, and that doesn't change per creature. It's one of the only creatures where the albino has the same stats as the normal creature. Hmm. And... Um, we have found, at least I have personally, that um, they were similar to mutated crocodiles, we believe, at first, but when we found out they were alligators. But companions still refer to them as deathclaws, which is, a, I believe, an oversight on Bethesda's part. Yeah, I wonder, I wonder if they needed, would have needed to record more voice lines in order for them to do that. And being that they were, they're so minimal. There's only a few of them in like one very specific place. 
that that was just a little bit too much. So they're like, well, just they just think they're death claws, you know? Yeah. It's an easy uh, justification, probably. An interesting fact about the replicator machine. Once you complete the quest of killing all the death uh, gator claws, sorry, and turning off the replicator machine, once you turn it back on, it will infinitely spawn gazelles. <laughs> you cannot then turn it back off. Um, they so here's what I want to know. Here's they what don't I have know. any grabbing attack. Similar to a death claw where they grab you and kind of throw you, they don't have that. Mm. They also use their claws to attack and don't bite you with their jaws, even though their jaws seem to be stronger substance than normal. You get um, gator claw hands hide and meat off them and the meat can be cooked similar to death claws into like steaks and all that they so what i want to know is if you flip them upside down do they pass out do they go to sleep i don't know <laughs> personally i found that three bullets to the head will usually make them go unconscious for a bit if not indefinitely um they actually have no tongue so we don't even know if they taste. Um, they have an animation so much that claws where they taste the air with their tongue, but their uh -huh. tongue doesn't appear. They've, it's more like uh, they're just sniffing the air. Weird. And when you look into the model files, it has a tongue, like it has modeled open mouth with a tongue. It uh -huh. also um, death claws have the horns going out the top of their head. Gator claws do not, they have a spine going down the back with small spikes on it. They do not have any horns or similar mm -hmm. types. Right. Uh, they are completely immune to radiation, which is an interesting thing because they are made with a mutagen or a replicator, which could be a fact of as time progressed as they were being replicated and replicated and replicated, they would mutate over time and that's why the albino gator claw is there now there's only one albino gator claw in the game and it is down by the replicator itself guarding it and the only real difference for the replicator um well for the albino death claw is it has 10 more damage per hit so when it hits you it does 50 and um, damage instead of i think the normal one does about 40 and it only spawns at level 50 plus. Uh, Gator Claws themselves only spawn at level 40 plus, and it has about 50 more health. That's about it. Huh. So, personally, I think Bethesda were in kind of a time crunch, and they didn't put it into more of a, similar to how other creatures' albino forms have way stronger abilities. I think it was just, they wanted to make it kind of a semi-boss. Yeah, that makes sense. Interesting. Interesting stuff. Um, I do remember coming across them in the game. Uh, you know, I, I don't think I thought too much of it other than, oh, that's interesting. It's kind of like a death claw, but it's an alligator. But it seems like yeah. there's a lot more details than just that. That's why I wanted to go into it, because when I'd heard what the episode was, um, this is one of my favorite creatures from Fallout 4's Nuka World, because it's a creature you do not look at. You think, oh, it looks like a death claw, and move on. But when you look into the lore, you find that they're Jackson chameleons, they're alligators, they're super mutant DNA. This is one of the only man-made creatures that we know of in Fallout 4, because it is man-made. Yeah, it was intentionally so, created, yeah. To show that um, 
Well, Dr. McDermott actually didn't mean to create it. He wanted to create animals again by using the replicator so he could repopulate the world. But he accidentally made horrors. That if you do the quest without spoiling too much, you come across a human. Well, I say human. We don't really know if he's human or synth. And he lives with a family of gorillas who people speculate was a successful procedure for Dr. McDermott. Um, I guess Repopulating the gorillas. Yeah. Because, yeah. again, with Wasteland Whisperer Perk, we find that they are all female. There is no male in the group. Right. Which is strange for gorillas, considering female gorillas show aggression towards other female gorillas in real life. But again, I think Bethesda were more just going... This is a part of the quest. They weren't um, adapting it into the lore, or or that was the like a random like trait of the one that got replicated, and then they all got along because it was it was not yeah, necessarily violent against other females, you know, or or chosen trait maybe. Yeah, I mean, there's um, ways that you could justify that. Sure. Where you actually find Doctor McDermott? which I find interesting, he's lying by the corpse of a super mutant. So my personal theory is he wanted to go up and bring the super mutant back down to try and do it again, but something had attacked him or he had gotten attacked. Mm. Um, the gator claws themselves can be seen lying down in a similar manner to alligators do on their stomach. But the interesting fact is when they go towards you, from the lying down position, they will sprint. It's not like they get an animation where they stand up. They just full-on sprint towards you. An effective way of killing them, I found, is usually a double-barrel shotgun to the face. Personal preference, it works. Might be a little harmful to the creature, though. <laughs> well, I, that's kind of the point. Anytime you put a double-barrel shotgun in anything's face, you generally want it to be... Harmful or at least threatening. <laughs> of, yeah. Of <laughs> it's kind of the point of that. Yeah. Um, very cool. Very, very cool. Yeah. That's kind of all I have on, the, on them okay. right now. Now, what kind of creature would you invent to add to the game? The creature I would invent would more be a species of creature. So we know that cats exist in Fallout 4 and Fallout 76. Domesticated cats. But what's to say that the bigger animals like tigers, jaguars, cougars and all that haven't mutated? So I was reading recently about bugs and such that attach themselves onto feline creatures and irritate them by burrowing into the skin and irritating them that way. And I found, as we know, like blood bugs and all that have grown tremendous sizes. So I'd like to propose that there are certain feline creatures that have mutated, say, um, cougars, for example. They're fast, agile creatures that are great at hiding. So who's to say that they don't gain some sort of chameleon-like ability to attack so they can vanish their super agile and they would be mutated so their jaws have twice as much strength and like they're starting to decay, similar to mongrels. And that's the kind of creature I'd like to propose as a thing. And there will be different variants uh, depending on the species. 
So cougars will be better at hiding. Jaguars will be better at biting stuff like that. Yeah. 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 You could do, you could do variations of each of those things. That would be very like video gamey, but also kind of connected to real world differences in the animals, you know? Yeah. Um, that would make a lot of sense. All right. Let's open this up to everyone else. Guys, do you have any thoughts on either uh, gator claws or um, mutant uh, big cats? I kind of pointed this out in the chat, but uh, when we were talking about things that are, they're all entirely female, uh, I was speculating it could have been done on purpose, like they did in uh, Jurassic Park, where the goal was to keep them from breeding. Except right. that, you know, life uh, finds a way. That was my life, question that uh, goes along with that, is do you think that the life would eventually find a way with these gator claws if they had been just left to the crisis? Well, isn't that the whole uh, thing in Jurassic Park is that because they were like frog genetics? Because uh, they used amphibian DNA and the frogs yeah. can change genders. Right. Or so I wonder if you can make the argument that, you know, frogs, reptiles, maybe there was some amphibian DNA in the mix, you know, that kind of thing. Well, if there then, are chameleons what, in there, then... What do you think would happen if... Yeah, chameleons are reptiles. So like a step chameleons from... Chameleons are reptiles, yeah. Yeah, a step from amphibian. But... Who knows? I mean, I mean, you could say that those genes are still there. They're just dormant because everything kind of is a, Certain, you know, on the family tree evolved from other things that were similar. Certain reptiles have actually been shown to be able to self-produce. So they take stem cells from those cells and their body makes it into eggs. Now, a lot of the time the eggs fail uh, because they don't have enough DNA, but sometimes they do. And then that can reduce males and whatnot. So it could be a way for the species to last longer. So animals it may weird. happen. Weird. Animals are so weird. Aperture, what were you going to say? No, do you think if a death claw, if a male death claw got in there, do you think uh, that they would, that they, that they could are reproduce? similar enough that they, that they could reproduce? Or do you think that since uh, the gator claw is such a melange of uh, creatures, that it wouldn't be viable? I, I would guess like if in a real world situation that they are distinctly different species. And I'd also suggest too far they apart. attack each other on site because death calls are insanely territorial, let alone gator calls being insanely territorial. Yeah, but so what if, if it was like a really lonely death claw that just hadn't seen a lady <laughs> death claw in a while? Have you ever seen a death claw in a pack? Yeah, but what if it wasn't in a pack? No, but that's what I mean. They're never in packs. Well, the 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 mommy ones, the mommy ones have like baby ones. I've never seen you know, a like a whole town in uh, Fallout Three that's full of uh, full of death claws and packs. Yeah, I think so. I did not know that. Yeah, I think they they do pack up. Yeah, 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 yeah. They're they're total pack animals. The the blind ones stick together like glue. Or uh, Quarry Junction, Quarry Junction. Mm-hmm. I think that's the one I'm thinking. Oh no, no, that's in New Vegas. I am thinking. Cor- Quarry Junction wasn't that, that was the one with the, that there was a mother. Right, there was like a pack of them, but then there, there was the, the mother was like a huge one. Yeah, there was a matriarch. The only time I've ever kind of seen a pack per se is um, in Fallout Four, when you go towards Salem, you have that one death claw egg that you can bring back to the mother, and it's the only time mm-hmm. the mother will not attack you because if you go back towards that any other time, she will attack you on sight. Right. right. Mm. Yeah. Well, it's you never know. I mean. For packs, though. Yeah, but you know, yeah, lonely death claw hanging out, you know, on a long adventure. Hasn't seen a lady death claw in a while. He might go, This death claw is kind of ugly. She's got a big flat face, but she looks like she's from Florida, you know. 
Yeah, these Florida death claws are a little bit a little bit strange, but something's just turning into an after dark episode. What was that? So is this going to turn into an after dark episode real quick? It's all innuendo, so that's fine. (laughs) (laughs) It's always an after dark episode when I'm around. (laughs) Nunamur? Yeah, no, I was just going to kind of. Uh, move towards the uh, the the wild cats um, concept that uh, Magnus brought up, which um, is uh, it's interesting because we we see cats similar to domestic dogs um, around starting in Fallout Four, and we see them in um, uh, seventy six as well, but we have yet to see any mutated or wild cats, which there's plenty of them in America between um, you know cougars and bobcats and different things like that and um i think they would be that's a really cool idea that magnus came up with because um especially because they use stealth so much they're quiet and they can sneak up on you they can hide so it the dynamics of what that would be like in the gameplay would be really cool and you know anybody that has pet cats when you see them fighting or you know attacking (laughs) mouse or anything like that they can be quite intimidating so if you imagine something like that you know wandering around in the woods somewhere and all of a sudden you hear this little branch break you hear a little growl and then you have a mutated bobcat jumping on you it would be a quite something to have to fight against yeah or really dangerous house cats (laughs) like really scary little house cats that are just super quiet and then bite your head off so you mean yeah you got something to add Yes. Um, I think it's weird because we don't see really cats like surviving in the wasteland. All the cats that we have really seen, as stated, like Fallout 4 and 76, Fallout 4, the ones we see are from what I assume just coming from the vaults that are opening now. Because one of the like first cats you see is the one that belongs to the little girl in vault um 81 the one with curie mm-hmm. and then in 76 it's because you know the bombs only dropped uh you know not so long ago right I, it's odd because when i think of like animals that would survive on their own like to me cats are more of a survivor than dogs like you throw a yes. even like a house cat out in the wild yeah. and they're out there killing hundreds of birds. <laughs> right. They will hunt for themselves. They will find food. They will clean themselves. Yes. Whereas dogs are just like, I don't know what to do. <laughs> yeah. I'll just find a friend. Yeah. And they don't. Yeah. Dogs are not but designed. Perhaps, to take perhaps it has something to do with the um Maybe just like their makeup can't take the like radiation as well. Maybe. And that's why we don't even see wild cats because it's just something in the cat DNA. Because it is true. We really never see cats in in other areas as much. Yeah. I wonder if maybe the the locations haven't been particularly known for wild cats. I don't, Mm. I don't know a whole lot about, you know, like the DC area or, uh, I mean, I guess, I don't know. I mean, in the East, there aren't too many, but definitely back in Fallout 1 and 2, they could have had like mountain lions or something. If they right, really we wanted get out to. into the, the wilderness out there. Yeah. I mean, even yeah. Florida, there are the Florida Panther is actually a real animal yeah. out in the wild. 
Um, I don't think there's a ton of them, but they're there. So interesting, interesting stuff. Well, thanks, Magnus. Thanks for, uh, for bringing these for discussion this week. Thanks for having me. Yeah, for sure. Um, let's see. We got true dog joining us now. True dogs back. So now we've got everybody on board, I believe. True dog. How's it going? Good. Thanks for having me. Good, good, good. Hey, we're doing alphabetical order. So I, I gave Captain GoFast a chance to jump in here. If you would like to go now, you can, or we can hold off and come back to you at the, at the end. Why not? Yeah. yeah you I'd guys can keep going. Yeah. You guys keep going. Okay. Trudeau, do you want to go now or you want to wait? Uh, I'll go right now. Yeah. Why not? Sure. Go for it. Oh, okay. Then um, I'm talking about dogs in this episode. My favorite. Hey, nice segue. So are, are you talking about uh, like dogs in the game already, like mutant dogs, or is are dogs the thing that you were going to add to the game, some sort of dog variation? Right. Well, they have a lot of uh, enemy models that are dogs, and they're mutated, they're mongrels, all kinds of stuff. I was very interested in cyber dogs and trying to draw in ah. um, uh, Boy and his dog. I don't know if anyone's seen that movie with the telepathic dog and the boy uh, moving through the wasteland. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was one of the influences on the original creators of Fallout. Right, it influenced me too, and uh, I'm a big fan of New Vegas, so uh, having Rex as my main companion when I wasn't using Edie uh, kind of made me think about what kind of enemy you deal with if you had intelligent dogs or a society of dogs that had been modified uh, so that they had the cybernetic brains and were basically sentient and able to mess with you that way. Hmm. I think it'd be okay. kind of because they'd be able to well, potentially have like a society separated from humans where um, they're living stealthily, even um, in a way where they don't want human contact and uh, hunting people down or using their enhanced intelligence to potentially manipulate people with technology to do their, um, their doing. So to use their thumbs and opposable digits to build their society and help them do things that dogs basically can't in their uh, domesticated form. Um, so what it's for our, for our listeners, what would, what would this kind of dog look like? Would it look like the cybernetic dog in the game or would there be variations where different parts of their bodies were replaced by cybernetic parts? Would they have dog brains? Would some of them have dog brains, but also have computer chips? Would they all be digital? Like what, what do you see? Well, the, um, the variation in the dog is kind of interesting. And so potentially them seeing themselves as the same species and breed, you could have all kinds of dogs. The centaurs in Fallout 3, and I think New Vegas had them too, are dogs that are mixed with human and Brahmin DNA and then dumped in an FEV vat. So, um, yeah, Aperture actually talked about centaurs earlier. Oh, sweet. I must yeah. have missed it. <laughs> yep. So, that kind of wild production of tentacles and weird appendages could potentially be recognized by the sentient dogs as beneficial to them. So you potentially could have like a hierarchy of intelligent dogs that had been modified to have cybernetic brains in charge of all of these other creatures underneath of them. Even some telepathic dogs like we see in uh, Boy and His Dog. And then uh, the lowest tier of them would be abominations like centaurs or even night stalkers uh, from New Vegas, the rattlesnake hybrids with coyotes. Um, mm. So yeah. kind of larger looking animals, uh, some of them nearly ghoulified from the radiation, um, even bear-sized like Yao Guai, 
uh, that kind of genetic mixture. So potentially terrifying. But like all with like a dog at the core. Right. That frame being canine, but mm-hmm. as much um, uh, ability as whatever animal they were mixed with. So even wings, uh, larger masses mixed with bears. And, uh, but I think the most terrifying aspect of it, we're going to talk about monsters, is the sentient capacity for cybernetic animals, uh, being able to work in packs, hunt effectively, and even trick you into doing things, even give you quests and stuff like that. You come across a whole society of dog people, dog board dogs. That's like a, that'd be really cool for me. I I'd definitely want to hang around that city a lot more and make friends with them. <laughs> yeah, because because you like dogs, because you're a true dog. Yeah, I work with dogs, so it's just I love dogs, love everything about it, and I was kind gotcha. of a little down with dogs in the game. They just kind of seem like cannon fodder. The mongrels, mm. attack dogs that are used by the gunners, just they get in the way, and they're just kind of uh, they're just there. They're not really adding much to it. Right. Interesting. Yeah. There. There's. Um... There's definitely, I mean, they def, aside from like the mongrels that just kind of run up like the wild dogs that are irradiated that attack you there, you know, there are the cybernetic ones that show up on occasion. Um, but yeah, they haven't really done a whole lot around that. Let's open this up to everybody else. I know some of you guys have some comments. Aperture. True dog. You really need to play fallout too, man. Uh, there's several dog companions and, um, you've kind of described canine which is a hyper-intelligent robo-dog that can actually... Um, just thought I would mention that. Yep. Yeah, the, the wiki here, you shared it in the thing. It says, Canine, unlike most cyber dogs, is fully sentient and has been modified with vocal organs allowing him to communicate verbally in several languages. <laughs> yeah. So He's a good yeah, boy. He's the good boy. Like, a dog modified in that way could definitely become the leader of, like, the dogs, the dog, the cyber dog pack and create a society around it for sure. So there's already something like this in the game. Well, yeah, you know, I'll admit that I started at three and played sort of through one, but never got to two. So yeah, no, don't worry about it. I haven't played. I've watched playthroughs of like one and two, but I haven't actually played them myself myself because they feel so old and difficult to kind of, you know, dive into. I'm trying to call anyone out. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But no, that's, that's cool. I mean, it would be really neat to see more of this kind of stuff in, future games or in expansions, you know, like, you know, so one of the ideas is, and I don't know more about Wastelanders and Fallout 76 in the future in just like actually a few days. Um, but one of the ideas is that they're with Fallout 76, the hope is that it will continue to grow and be kind of the stopgap because we know that the next Fallout game is going to be years away. But if they were able to create good content every year and release more and more and more of it over time, then it would become something more like Elder Scrolls Online, where you could jump in and you could play whatever parts of it and the story would continue to grow and expand with new groups of people and new areas and whatever else they add to the game. So they could totally have a character in there who's somebody you come across who's tinkering with dogs and technology and, you know, the, the ramifications of that. Like that could totally be a thing. And they already have the foundation of that in Fallout 2 to kind of draw off of in order to work that into a game. Magnus, do you have something you wanted to add? Uh, I'd just like to add, you mentioned like dog creatures, how they mix and stuff. It reminds me of an old Irish legend. Um, I kind of learned about this in school. 
the I don't know what it is in Irish, but the rough translation is, is dog of black of night, and it's a creature that is said to look like a dog. But then when a full moon or a blood moon comes along, they transform into massive beasts like uh, the legend says that they're towering tall and they're vicious beyond repair, as in they literally rip through anything and they're indestructible at that time. So it kind of reminds me of that a bit. Um, yeah, like a weird dog dog. Yeah, kind of. Um, <laughs> yeah. One of the sayings is like, if you see it and it looks at you uh, directly, you feel cold. You like go stone dead cold. And it's uh, said that its teeth were so, so sharp it could rip through the thickest of skins and all this. So it's a lot of um, similar to what you were saying where if they were to mix with Yagwai or something who already have sharp teeth they could be so much more powerful. Um, dogs in general are powerful in Fallout if you come across like a, a big pack of mongrels who have like alphas and all that, but to have them mixed with something else would be truly terrifying. And also on the fact of robots uh, or robotic dogs or smart dogs, the Institute are making robotic animals in Fallout 4 if you progress their storyline enough. They could make synthetic dogs who have voice chips and all that in them who then could talk, which I think will be an interesting thing to see later down the line in a Fallout game or something. Where it's my still dogs could talk. The Institute. <clears throat> if my dogs could talk, they'd say food, food, <laughs> sounds, people, food. Just, You're just talking saying. my language there. I'd love to have an animal that I could talk to and actually hold a running conversation with. <laughs> yeah, can you imagine if we could develop the ability to communicate directly with animals? I bet so we'd we have like the weirdest conversations. Come to a truck stop, talking to some of these like talking. <laughs> awesome! All right, True Dog. Well, thanks for bringing that. Do you have anything else you wanted to close up the discussion with? Oh, not really. Glad that I got to fit in here. Yeah, I'm glad you made it. Um, man, cool idea. I hope I hope we see more cybernetic dogs and. Maybe even just a dog companion for Fallout 76 at some point. That'd be really cool, too. All right. Let's move on to Nunamur. Nunamur, welcome. What you got for us? Hey. Well, I um, when looking over all the different creatures in Fallout, I really wanted to uh, represent some um, uh, Fallout 76. So I was looking over the new creatures and the things that were introduced. And um, I love cryptids. So I wanted to focus on the sheep squatch, which um, besides being a terrifying creature is also a real fun thing to say. Yes, especially the squatch part. (laughs) Exactly. Squatch Squatch is just awesome. And then you add sheep to that and it just sounds ridiculous. But this creature is anything but ridiculous. (laughs) Um, What's interesting about it, too, is um, the reason it was added into 76 is because the real life cryptid um is supposed to be from west virginia and unlike a lot of other cryptids it's a relatively new uh phenomenon it actually started in the mid 90s Mm. uh, which most cryptids go much further back even to ancient times but this has been a relatively new thing and one of the things that's interesting which isn't something we get to experience in the game um 
because there's no sense of smell for us playing a video game. But for the people that claim to have seen it, they say that it smells like sulfur. Um, and that like there's the devil. A, a well, yeah, yeah. That's that's kind of kind of where I'm going with that. Um, uh-huh. And kind of the the theory was that it could actually just be like the smell of like a, a musk it has or something like that. But there was also a theory that they may have, if they were real, that they originated in the TNT area of Mason County and that they were essentially drinking toxic water that gave them like a like a sulfur like smell. But. Um, back to the actual game itself. So um, they were added in. They did. They were not in the uh, base game. They were in, involved with the first wave of uh, DLC with the Wild Appalachia um, editions, and uh, which was really cool. You know, expanding on the cryptids that already existed in the game. Uh, but they're huge. They're like approximately death claw size. They're about ten feet tall. And they are, like you were saying, like I was thinking, why, why are they so scary? Perhaps Satan? Because <laughs> that's, that's always the answer. That's my answer for anything. <laughs> why is the world so scary right now? Perhaps Satan? Perhaps Satan? <laughs> um, because the, the look of them definitely invokes the uh, sort of... Um, things that have been attributed to uh, the devil, like the big horns and the hooves. Yeah. And uh, just even the way it just stands with it, you know, hulking forward and with the, especially too, with the skeletal face, Uh, something weird about it, which also adds to its creepy factor is the fact that it has being sheep based. It has flat teeth. It doesn't have sharp fangs or sharp teeth. And we know that obviously it's a carnivore. So just the thought of being bitten by or being eaten by something with flat teeth is just um, something I don't want to think about uh, how painful (laughs) that would be. Uh Um, But the uh, but going back to the face too, the fact that it has that skeletal structure uh, to the face and with the idea of um, it again with the sulfur uh, coming from the real world cryptid and then also the legendary ones well actually after they mutate they'll get a glowing red chest almost like they have like hellfire <laughs> growing inside of them <laughs> yeah and they also um have the the sounds that they make too are just horribly terrifying uh the lo- long drawn out moaning and it sounds almost sad in its anger, like it has a, almost a, like a like a melancholy tone to it as it's screaming out. But as far as gameplay, they are have exceptionally high levels of HP. So they tend to be very bullet spongy. They take a lot of damage. And they're very versatile in the way that they can attack you as well because they have close range attacks. They can ram. They can swipe at you. Uh, but they also have their quills that they can actually jump. They jump into the uh, onto the ground and shoot their quills out. So even if you think you're going to be sneaky and you're going to, you know, uh, get some distance on and try to snipe it from far away, it's still going to be hitting you with its quills and doing an you know an area of damage attack. 
Additionally, and this is kind of the grosser aspect of them, they'll throw pieces of their fur soaked in the urine. Mm. And that's what so they're yeah, exactly. That's what they're actually throwing at you, which will actually cause you to take um, to become poisoned. So um, they have, you know, quite a lot of different ways in which they can attack. Um, but despite the fact that they don't actually do a terrible amount of damage, they do. They're one of the creatures that can actually debuff your player because they uh, stagger you, which causes a 50 percent decrease to movement speed and also decreases your ranged accuracy. So they can be a very, um, especially if you're going up against one as a lower level player, they can be extremely um, hard to take down. The other thing too, is that they can't um, become permanently crippled. So even if you were to cripple their head or cripple their one of their legs, they will be staggered for a moment, but then they'll still be able to uh, run, they'll still be able to move, uh, shake it off. Exactly. They essentially just, just shake it off. Yeah. Um, and going back to the, you know, devil, you know, demonistic nature to the way that they look in the, um, free range event, when you get to the end of that event, there's a guaranteed spawn of a, uh, of a sheep squatch and sometimes even two, and they actually crawl out of the ground, similar to the way that the Deathclaw on Deathclaw Island crawls out of the ground. Right. So again, it kind of feeds into that whole motif of them, you know, rising from are, hell. Exactly. They're <laughs> yeah. from underground. <laughs> and, um, going to with the, uh, with the lore, um, you come across the uh what's the name here um uh, calvin van Lowe, who was a a bit of a, a cryptid um uh enthusiast and he was trying to track down a sheep squatch and he was actually the creator of what you come across in the event uh encry- um yeah encrypted uh which you come across the imposter sheep squatch which isn't i'm kind of cheating here kind of including a different thing because it isn't actually a cheap squat is sheep squatch it's actually an assault tron which they can be bad enough as they are but it's a sheep squatch that's pretty much cosplaying as i mean a (laughs) assault tron that's cosplaying as a sheep squatch and it's actually called mary's little lamb and it's again very deceptive because this thing is a terrible thing to come across because it usually is invisible and it also is completely immune to any attacks until you complete the sequence of the events in the uh, during the encrypted event to uh, power up the pylons, which disables its invincibility and its invulnerability. Right. And yeah, there's a whole uh, quest line that, that you go through in order to find it and track it exactly. down. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And the interesting thing about it was he he originally was creating it uh, in order to is sort of like a corporate espionage. Uh, thing to bring down one of the other companies and also lower the market value of one of the areas in the game. Uh, This is all obviously pre-war, but he ended up taking over the project and trying to create the imposter sheep squatch in order to find and hunt down sheep squatch. And it ended up turning on him because uh, during a, a programming mishap, the imposter sheep squatch actually killed him. So it really backfired on him. Um, 
but the 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 other really interesting thing too is we're talking about how intimidating super mutants can be you can actually come across a random event or random encounter rather where you come across an injured super mutant who will actually have in his when he dies on his inventory he'll have the mysterious quills that come from the attack of the sheep squat shooting at mm. the quills and uh, there's different lines of dialogue, he'll say, but one of the lines of dialogues is he'll say, why sheep? Why sheep? And then <laughs> dies. <laughs> That's great. I haven't found that. Yeah, it's, it's That's really awesome. interesting. I love those um, little details. Yeah, exactly. And anything that terrifies a super mutant, you know, is pretty nasty. Yes. <laughs> why sheep? <laughs> why sheep? <laughs> That's so good. Oh man. Um, yeah. That's a, that's a lot of good stuff. Uh, anybody who hasn't played 76, that's uh, one of the fun parts. Uh, there's a bunch of fun little quest lines you can go on. And this is one of the ones that where you like, as you dig into it, you're like, Oh, 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 <laughs> okay. Yeah. It's very interesting. The detail, all the details it goes into and you know, the idea of, you know, the different companies vying for control of the area and trying to uh, use Assaultron to take on the rival companies. Uh, robots and as i said before it certainly backfired on the creator <laughs> yeah totally well, very cool so um what are you bringing for your invented creature okay so i'm going back to new orleans which uh this creature could also be in any fallout location as it's uh, coastal which i had uh when i was going through kind of a, a list of a couple ideas of um new creatures or animals that could be in the New Orleans area, I had mentioned being somewhat freaked out by pelicans. Oh. So I decided mm -hmm. to go with a mutated pelican. Yeah, pelicans are weird. Living in Florida, there's pelicans all over the place, especially when you get close to the coast. Yeah, they're and very their strange. Their necks can bulge out. And like, if you ever watch them dive and scoop up a bunch of water to get the fish out, and their necks get real big. And yeah. Yeah, they're Weird they're birds. very they're very strange, and the the strange thing too is that we haven't had a, a similar to how we were talking about cats uh, before and the lack of cats. We haven't had a lot of birds. You can see birds in the sky in various different games. You can see them in New Vegas. You can see them in um, Fallout Three and um, Fallout Four. There are gulls. There's rad gulls, which are actually referenced by various different characters. And we've seen also chickens in some of the games as well. Uh, there was cut content. There was actually going to be, um, at least uh, there was concept art, not cut content, but concept art of rad storks, which were mm. these, you know, giant irradiated mutated storks that seemed like they actually were going to be something that was hostile that you could actually attack or would attack you. And the only other thing also relating back to talking about the Institute and the created animals, there was the watcher initiative, which some of the crows that you actually come across in, um, in fallout four are actually synths that are being used by the Institute in order to spy on you and spy on, uh, different, uh, different creatures, um, or different events rather in the, in the area. And but back to the pelicans. So the way I kind of thought about this was I was thinking about the way they would function as far as gameplay, like the way that they would attack the things they could do. Yeah. yeah. And I thought about that neck. Um, uh -huh. 
And I love animals. I get along with a animals, but for some reason, me and birds have just never gotten along. I've been attacked by more birds than I can even think of. I was chased <laughs> by a flock of, of peacocks in Scotland. Um, I've had strange experiences with birds. But also the other thing about birds is how they kind of are like modern day dinosaurs. They're the closest thing in the way that they act, the way that they behave to right. dinosaurs. And I have a personal fear of the very specific personal fear of plesiosaurs. Oh, that's, that is very specific. It's very specific. Yes. Um, which going back to the, my whole obsession with cryptids, I'm actually obsessed with the Loch Ness monster. So, um, it's kind of strange that I'm obsessed with something I'm also afraid of, but anyway, um, (laughs) yeah, yeah, exactly. But pelicans have that long neck. And I was thinking about the way that they could use that as an attack and that it could actually be a sort of ranged melee where you're standing (laughs) far enough away from them that you think you're out of their range, but then they snap that neck out and they can either attack you with their, with their beak, or they can actually maybe even grab you and pull you closer to them so that they could do more damage. Um, additionally, they have the, um, what is it called? It's called a, a neck. Um, I forget what it's called. It's a, uh, they have like a like a section of their beak and their neck where they can actually store water. Yeah, it extends out like it fills exactly. up. Exactly. Yeah, it fills up like a little bag. And yep. yeah, they, that's the part that I always think about. Yeah, and it's and it's kind of freaky too because they can actually, like you were saying, they can scoop up fish and sort of keep them in there, like for a snack for later. <laughs> and it's just fish just swimming around inside their inside their you know gullet, and you know getting ready to get get chewed up and eaten. Um, but I was thinking too, that they could use that to sort of, uh, hold on to water and sort of spit water or splash water on you to do additional radiation damage. Cause obviously the water itself would yeah. be irradiated. Yeah. Um, but also thinking about like potential fallout locations and stuff and talking about new Orleans or talking about any coastal areas using water, they're, they're very powerful swimmers. So using water almost as an attack itself, I was thinking if it's a new game and there's new, new mechanics and new uh, gameplay possibilities, if they could actually grab you, similar to the way a Deathclaw does, they actually grab you, pick you up, and drop you in water. Mm, yeah. Um, and like that fly would, you over, over the ground or over the water somewhere in the drop you exactly. out exactly or yeah. if they drop you on the ground you know d- doing fall damage sure uh, hopefully you're wearing power armor so you don't take that fall damage um but also it have to be big pelicans yeah well that that was the next thing i was going to say was i was thinking size wise because we've seen birds that are very similar to the size they are now if not exactly the same and they just look a little you know sickly they just look slightly mutated but they don't really look that different but if this is going to be like a creature that attacks it would probably have to be bigger so i was thinking the only flying creatures that we have are really the uh, scorch beasts that you know fly around and we fight them in 76 but if these were flying enemies they'd have to be somewhat somewhat bigger so i was thinking smaller than a scorch beast maybe around the size of like a mothman mm-hmm. and that they that way they'd be big enough because Pelicans are actually one of the heaviest of all flying birds. So they're already pretty big, but you know, with FEV and radiation and all that, 
you know, they would um, be even bigger to the point where they could pick you up. And they also tend to go in flocks. So sometimes they're in groups and flocks of, uh, of, of up to four. So if you were being attacked by four of these creatures at once and they're, you know, pulling you in different directions, picking you up, dropping you. Additionally, too, they could um, they could drop rocks on you. So <laughs> yep. they pick things up. You, know, you think you think you're safe. They fly away from you. And all of a sudden they just start barreling back at you, dropping rocks on your head. Right. Or a giant one that picks up a car and drops it and then explodes. Oh, God. <laughs> that <Yeah. would> be <laughs> bad. <laughs> or oh, eats you and then. Yeah. Throat. It was it, this just because this adds extra flavor to how creepy they are. Even in real life, it's called a throat pouch. Throat pouch. Is, yeah. yeah, throat pouch. Yep. So you know they yeah. store water and you know splash it at you and do that do that extra radiated damage. But I think that uh, you know since we've only so far had one flying creature in Fallout games, I think it'd be really cool to you know, get some, get some bird action because birds can be very vicious. So yeah, you could have like a, um, Oh, the, uh, scorched, uh, beast queen versus a giant pelican fight. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I want to do videos on YouTube where I spawn them both into the same map and see which one wins. Yeah. Well, it, it would also, it would also make sense pelicans being more aggressive because they're actually known for being extremely protective especially mm. of their eggs of their nests uh where you know they they're mainly known for eating fish but they eat amphibians they even eat turtles they've even been known to eat uh, mammals so they will attack pretty much anything and eat it even if it's outside of their their normal diet so if they see a vault dweller walking around with their bright blue suit they might think that that's a nice uh, blue wrapped <laughs> little gift of a, of a snack. snack for them to have nice snack yeah yeah there's some there's some discussion in the uh the chat portion of our of our discord about like being eaten and cutting yourself out the neck pouch um awesome well let's open this up to everybody else guys do you have any thoughts on this after yeah uh this is a weird thought that just popped into my head but do you think that it would be appetite if you managed to actually kill one do you think it would um be appetizing to to feed your little people there, giant mutated pelican. Is pelican something you can eat? No, I don't think people generally eat pelican. Tastes like chicken. Women <laughs> on fire types in the chat. <laughs> giant chicken. You know what's well, funny? Uh, so growing up, I just have to tell the story real quick. Growing up in Florida, you're at the beach. There's pelicans at the beach. There's lots of tourists. And there was a time when I was a kid at the beach, and no joke. The people next to us were from somewhere else. And the lady yells, look, honey, turkeys <laughs> points at the pelicans. <laughs> I was like, what? It's not a turkey. <laughs> Where are you from? Those are some weird looking turkeys. turkeys. Those are some weird turkeys. They're not turkeys. Yeah. Well, hmm. I think um, when it comes to like uh, seabirds, birds that, you know, swim a lot and eat a lot of uh, sea life. Um, they're usually pretty heavily diseased. They carry a lot more um, parasites and different things like that. So I think that's why we usually don't eat seabirds. Makes sense. We don't want little Jimmy getting the uh, sea pelican disease. Yeah. The sea yeah. pelican flu. <laughs> yep, you don't want that. Anyone else? Any, any thoughts on either of these topics? True dog. Yeah. 
I think that pelican, a radiated mutant pelican, would still be better than 200-year-old canned food or, you know, snacks or something like that. So I think it'd be okay. It wouldn't be too bad. Yeah, I mean, you, you cook it enough or, you know, I'm sure there's ways to prepare pretty much any sort of meat, right? It may yeah, not be we, the most appetizing thing, but at least you could eat it. Well, an omelet. I mean, if you can eat a deathclaw egg, you could probably eat a pelican egg. There you go. Yeah, yeah, but then you have to get one of those eggs. That's the, that's going to be the hard part. Because like I that's said, why it's only very a protective tre- of their eggs. That's why it's only a treat for special occasions. <laughs> I'm still picturing the getting like swallowed up by the giant pelican and then cutting your way out. Like, can you imagine the animation in game for that? Like, all of a sudden you just like gulp, it just gobbles you into its mouth and it goes dark. And then you're just like stuck in there. And so you start shooting or hitting or chopping or whatever until you break a hole open in the pouch but by then maybe you're like up in the air and then you fall out <laughs> and it's like you're like look watching yourself fall away from this flying giant pelican and then hit the ground one of the I'm, things that I kind of want to mention is the Assaultron who um, attacked its owner based on a code error uh, that pretends it's a sheep squatch I can't mm-hmm. say that word uh, yep. it's interesting to hear that because there was a mod I had for Fallout 4 that made Assaultrons randomly turn. So, like, the one in Good Neighbor would randomly turn on Good Neighbor because of a code in their error where they believe that it's inferior, like humans and all that, they believe they're inferior and easily able to be killed. Oh, wow. If that meant that, like, if it taught it was... Uh, it's human was being inferior or whatever, it would turn and you'd have a quest to try and save them. Uh, but what I find interesting about that is looking back at code myself because I'm kind of a big modder, so I have to look into code, sort out certain things. I found that Cleo and Ola does have that command in her code database. Huh. So it is written into the Assaultron code database to do that. It's just a nullified command. Huh. Interesting. Well, talking about the uh, the coding error that killed Calvin Van Lowe, the creator of the Imposter Sheep Squatch, um, without going into detail, the thing that he was trying to program into it was actually a Sheep Squatch mating ritual. And that was when it killed him. So I really don't want to think about exactly how it killed him, but it could not have been pleasant. Well, it'd just be like Fisto. <laughs> Please assume the position. <laughs> oh, goodness. Well, cool. Well, anybody else have any other thoughts? Nunimer? Maybe not. Oh, um, no, no. Yeah? Uh, okay. no that's uh, no, pretty much covered everything. Cool. All right. Well, let's move on, and uh, we're moving on to Soybean. Soybean, how's it going? Hello. I'm talking about a cryptid as well. Nice. Cryptids are great. All right, so I'm talking about the Mothman, because Mothman is my favorite thing about 76. Um, My character within 76 is a Cult of the Mothman member. Heck and yeah. has, has their camp right next to Point Pleasant. Um, so with Mothman uh, in 76, it's 
obviously a call to the uh, quote unquote real life moth mothman <laughs> of um West Virginia that originally was seen in the mid 1960s and it's generally known as a like harbinger of of death and despair and and bad things to happen all around um with the most popular being in that mid uh 60s the bridge the silver bridge collapsing near point pleasant that resulted in like i think it was like 57 or 67 deaths yeah it was like a tragic event that was supposedly predicted by mysterious events and all sorts of stuff yeah 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 and so um obviously with the game taking place in west virginia they wanted to get one of the most popular cryptids in their mothman um within the game there is more than one mothman uh which like depending on what you believe uh of course in real life there's quote unquote (laughs) like like one mothman but also some people believe there are multiple um within the game there are different variants Uh, i saw someone say is it true there are friendly ones yes um there's a specific one yes the wise mothman where um it happens in the landlocked lighthouse you do a um timed event that will occasionally pop up there that's called the path to enlightenment and you mm. summon him with the big lamp <laughs> big <laughs> lamp um and kill a bunch of uh glow flies fireflies and um he gives you a five uh, percent, I think, five percent XP bonus for an hour. <laughs> I haven't, I haven't done that one. I, I came across a wise my- Mothman. I said Mothman, Mothman <laughs> in the wild. Uh, my wife yeah, and I did the first time I came across one, and um, ended up fighting it. <laughs> oh, we no. Freaked out. Well, it was like following us. We kept turning around and like seeing it like disappear and then reappear behind like bushes and trees ah. and stuff. And we were like, "What is that?" And this was like really early on when the game first came out, and um, ended up you know shooting at it because we're like, "There's something over there following us." It's creepy, and ended up killing it and then discovered it was a wise Mothman. But yeah, mm. that was so my it had first the, encounter. It had the purple eyes then. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Yeah, all the wise Mothmen have purple eyes, and that, that's the thing. So all these Mothmen pretty much have some variation to it that makes it stick out. So there's, yes, the wise Mothman with the purple eyes. Um, the stalking Mothman, which has, like, the traditional red eyes, and they'll just kind of, like, follow you around, or they'll watch you from a distance, and then as soon as, like, you attack they'll pretty much zoom off straight up into the sky yeah they just like like, take off yeah it's like a rocket or something yeah yeah straight up just (laughs) and then the puff of black smoke (laughs) yeah Yeah, Um, it's it's really disturbing the first time you see it because you're like how am i supposed to fight that (laughs) you're just like what? oh definitely yeah uh that's when uh you can really only fight the ones that want to fight, which are the uh, vengeful Mothmen. And they're more of a chalky gray instead of like a dark gray. And they have orange eyes. 
and those will come at you. They're aggressive. Mm-hmm. Um, there's usually, of course, it's a random encounter, but um, in the Queen of the Hunt, like daily quest, you have a chance of coming across one and um, fighting it through that. And Queen of the Hunt being the uh, daily quest line that happens in Fire, where it's uh, a lady, I forget her name, I want to say like a Judy or something, <laughs> and she has a terminal that will set up a daily kind of hunt for various cryptids in the area. Yes, um, right. I, I can't remember her name either, but yes, that terminal. Remember yes. where that is? Yeah. Um, there's also a glowing variant of Mothman, which is like all the other glowing type creatures where it's a black with the green eyes. Mm-hmm. Super creepy. Yeah, I love the look. I wish I could <laughs> see it more often. Um, there's even a scorched variant, which uh, all the scorched variant things are nasty. I don't like them pink fleshy. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, they look bodies. like really messed up looking. Yeah, yeah, and so there's a chance during the scorched earth event when you launch uh, the nuke at um, was it the alpha site or Fisher site alpha or it's it's the one uh, that starts the scorch queen. Yeah, yeah, um, that's alpha, right? It's been a while. I haven't done that. In a while. <laughs> yeah, I don't do uh, nuke launches very often. Yeah, I don't either, but. Yeah, um, when you're fighting the Scorched Queen, there's a chance that a Scorched Mothman will be yep. there as well. Yep, I've seen that before. Yeah, it, and it's creepy. It's weird because it's got that weird fleshy, ghoul-looking, yeah. like, burned kind of scorched skin. I don't know the way to describe it, but you guys know what yeah. it looks like when you see it. It's like, oh, yeah. Yeah, uh, not a fan. <laughs> I love <laughs> Mothman, but not a fan of that. <laughs> um. Other than that, I find really just the lore surrounding it within game very fascinating uh, regarding the cult of the Mothman. I'm really excited for Wastelanders bringing in more stuff with cult of the Mothman. Yes. And um, with that, uh, one of the things within the game is that apparently the cult had like communed with the Mothman pre-war. And Mothman had prophesized that there was going to be a flood in the area. And uh, as we know, one eventually happened uh, in um, Charlestown or Charleston. And uh, back when the Raiders destroyed uh, the Summersville Dam. So, I mean, he's a little off in time, but it happened eventually. I mean, eventually. (laughs) It's like any good psychic, you know, like you make a broad enough prediction, eventually it comes true. Yeah. And uh, that's about it for Mothman for me. Yeah, I like I like Mothman stuff. I I think it's it's really fun, like the cryptid variant and different kinds of them. And uh, the fact that they just don't aren't super common, like a few of the other enemies in the game that they only pop up every so often. And it's very rare. I think that's a really cool addition to a game. So what are you bringing for like your invented made up creature? Okay. So not necessarily invented, but I think werewolves would be really cool in, in fallout Uh, going along another like kind of cryptid angle, but uh, more along the lines of like something that we know as a cryptid, 
but um, within the game is just a, you know, mutated animal. And it would be just literally like FEV mutated wolf that... Like a super mutant wolf. Yeah, like a <laughs> super mutant right? wolf, basically. Yeah. Yeah. And mentally, it's still just a wolf. It It does packs, it stays in like dens, it doesn't talk or anything but they're just huge and they kind of hooch up to the point where they look like they're standing on two legs or sometimes will stand on two legs and um in which case like, like the hunting impacts and being giant is is terrifying like as we said, like the death clause that's that's real spooky once you see more than one death de- uh, more, more than one death claw in an area yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and I would imagine that being that they are like the biggest of the wolves, that they would gather a large pack together who would look to them as like the pack leader. Yeah, and, and have yeah. even smaller wolves with them too. Right, right. So you might come across a small pack of wolves, but then later realize that it's only part of a bigger pack nearby. And then, oh my God, look at that thing. Yeah. So- yeah, that would be really cool. Very, very cool. All right, well, let's open this up to everybody else. Guys, do you have any thoughts on... Any of these ones? New new number? I'm I'm in the Mothman Club as well. I love the Mothman. Um, just a brief anecdote about my experience with uh, the Path to Enlightenment. That's a quest that there's two quests I will drop anything I'm doing at the time to complete. It's that and feed the people because they both give you XP boosts. So they're very useful. But the Path to Enlightenment, the funny thing about that is if you're playing it with people, like if just random people join the event, when the wise Mothman is summoned at the end of the event, sometimes they'll assume that he's a um, hostile Mothman. They'll start attacking it. And I'll start, if I'm on mic, I'll start <laughs> trying to say, no, no, he's a good guy. He's one of my friends. Or <laughs> I'll start like emoting like crazy saying, no, no. And trying to do hearts at him and stuff and so what i'll actually do is i'll be the bodyguard for the mothman and i'll jump in front if they're shooting i'll jump in front and take the bullets so that i they're attacking me so that i can attack them back without getting a oh, no. level so i will <laughs> i will protect that mothman because he's a good boy and he gives he's us xp boys a boost <laughs> and he's awesome so he's, i, he's I love a good, good boy yeah, and for the first, um, I don't know, first half of since the game's been out, I almost always wore the uh, cultist out- outfit. I've recently changed, but I, that was my go-to outfit for the longest time, just because the whole cult of the Mothman stuff is uh, fascinating. So I can't can't wait for that to get further expanded in Wastelanders. Yeah, and every so often you have to wash your clothes. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> just wear the same outfit. You know, like, not a cartoon character. You can't just wear the same outfit every day. <laughs> Yeah, I love I love the Mothman stuff. Anybody else want to chime in about Mothman or werewolf? Werewolf ideas? I mean, a werewolf would be absolutely terrifying. Like, you'd have to actually start to track your date and your pit boy. Um, which would get a little annoying because if you forgot about it, like, oh, all of a sudden I've lost control of my character. Like, now like I'm- if the werewolf in the game was it was it worked like a werewolf where like if you got bit you would turn into one as well. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know what you're talk, all talking about this with Mothman. My only experience with him is when I'm lying down on my bunk and I have these terrible nightmares about a bridge collapsing. <laughs> bright, bright pops of color in the water. It's, it's horrible. 
Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Or we were riding on a, on a road late at night and you see those two eyes in the distance. And then that night you get yeah. those dreams. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, those ones aren't dreams. <laughs> <laughs> True dog. Did you have something? Well, I was going to say, I've learned so much about the Mothman just sitting here and listening. I, I only knew that there was one variant from my experience, but apparently there seems like a whole bunch of different types that uh, have different roles in the game. So that's really cool. Um, yeah, and they're all very rare. My only experience with them, besides some like attacking the legendary vendor, was one appeared outside my camp on Halloween night. And I was playing with Ken and his group at the time, and literally I went, there's a Mothman outside, why don't you just come kill it before I go get the bugs break? And then proceeded to walk out my back door and continue walking until it left me alone. Which it followed me down two mountains and across a river. Yeah, they're creepy like that. They obviously wanted to say something to me. Yeah, they're 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 definitely creepy. Like sometimes they'll be following you for longer than you know, and then you and then you finally notice them, and you're like, "What? What is that over there?" They attract you to your camp. Is that one of the um, ways to spawn them in and get them? Uh, once you I don't start know. City in and using the generators, they they come and check you out. I, I don't know. I mean, the I, location of my camp because the location of my camp is literally in the middle of a road. Or it was before I moved it. Now it's off the side of a cliff and looks like a warehouse. But it was yeah. in the middle of a road. And there was a spawn point where I had my Santatron for the Christmas event. And it's like up a small hill. And always, without fail, every time you load into the camp, there would be super mutants, scorched, or cryptids up there. Like I had a grafting monster attack my base. I was just kind of sitting there like, nope. And server hopped until I didn't have a grappling monster attacking my base, which took four <laughs> times. Yeah, I don't know the uh, the coding, uh, whatever the plan is that determines where and when th- certain things appear. Like I would assume something like a Mothman can appear anywhere, but I don't know. Maybe there's certain places where it's more, it appears more, and I don't know that it they're necessarily attracted to lights. Otherwise, it would be common for people to be like, "Yeah, once I built my camp, then all of a sudden I started seeing them more often." But I haven't heard of anything like that. That makes sense, I guess. Um, well, for the werewolves, too, uh, uh, I've always kind of, I'm not resentful of it. I'm glad they've added vampires to Fallout 3. But I think it would have been cool to have a society of werewolves similar to the, I um, can't remember the exact name, but the vampires in Fallout 3 that live in the mm-hmm. uh, there. That was something yeah. to be cool. Yeah, that, that would be pretty cool. All right, anyone else? New number? Yeah, just about the werewolf um, idea. I, in in something like seventy six, you have uh, mutations, and if they ever added something like that into seventy six, that'd be interesting because rather than it being that you necessarily transform into a werewolf, like in like Skyrim or something like that, it could be more of you know like a passive buff and debuff that you get if you if you get attacked you know, by a werewolf and it gives you some sort of like melee increase or speed increase or something, something along those lines. Right. Yeah. Like, um, like one of the other mutations where like you can jump higher or you can run faster, but like, this would be like werewolf mutation and you could cure it or not. That kind of thing. Like every time the night shows up, you have that kind of buff or could it even be time-based so that your clock actually keeps track? Like once a month, you're the most powerful you could possibly be because of this mutation. Yeah, that'd be kind of crazy if it was like if it was that rare, but but it only came up. But then like anyone who had it would be overpowered. 
like on that night. It could like ne- could be a real negative the whole rest of the month. Like you you have a uh, damage decreases or even speed decreases, but that one night that it kicks in, you know, now you can actually play and have a, a full move. That that would make an amazing community event. Like you know, right. hunt down the uh, hunt the down hunt. the werewolf, but the werewolf is another player. Right, the hunt. The hunt. Yeah, that'd be crazy. Very cool. Well, thanks, Zoe. I mean, that was. Those were some fun ideas. All right. Uh, time to move on. Woman and child on fire. Hey. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> so what are you guys bringing? I, I, did, you, did I hear that you have some sort of something else with it as well? Like uh, okay. images? Well, we're, or? Oh, yeah. Well, uh, we've got a picture that we're going to share uh, once we get to that. Um, but we're going to start off talking about the uh, bullet sponges known as Myrlurks, mm-hmm. yeah. which, um, according to the wiki, um, have the dubious distinction, that's a quote, <laughs> um, of being one of the very first mutants to emerge. Because um, um, smaller versions of them were created before the war um, because of all of the pollution that corporations were dumping into lakes and where and then uh once the bombs fell um and the water became so irradiated um that's what caused them to and monstrosities that they are you're kind of dropping out a little bit i don't know if you speak a little bit louder if it'll if it'll help or just closer to the mic are you able to hear me yeah so so companies were irradiating basically polluting the water and that's what created like smaller versions of myrlurks yeah and uh and then they Grew to grind, uh, bleh, giant size once uh, the bombs fell in the water. Gotcha. Uh, and there was there were a lot of um, organizations trying to warn uh, people about what was happening before the war started. Um, and the only the only real response to that was just to get excited about the upcoming shellfish season and how great that was going <laughs> to be. Um, except, <laughs> of course. <laughs> Yeah, except that, uh, and it, it points this out in the wiki too, that uh, it, the, the news stories didn't uh, mention that the massive increase in size that they were already seeing meant that uh, the food supply would run out and the whole uh, colony would collapse. Mm. So, um, there's uh, it, w- one of the things that's kind of interesting, I, th- I think about Myrlurks too, is just how many different um, variations of them. Yeah, how many are there? I, I'm trying to think. I'm sure you have like the wiki open. Do you have a list there? Do you have it open? 133. 133? No, that's not true. He's just <laughs> making up numbers. Let me see. Uh, oh my gosh. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20. Wow. That's, yeah, that's more than I could, I could think through in my head. So yeah. almost 133. Yeah. <laughs> Feels like it. <laughs> I was just well, that's only fun. for the Fallout 4 listing because um, that also doesn't include things like Swamp Lurks and Lake Lurks. Um, if yeah. I go, yeah, right. if I go back further, because they are in all the games and uh, and DLC um, and everything too. Every every single version has their own different variation on Meyer Lurks. 
Yeah. Now I wonder if that's because they were common. Uh, like, I wonder if that was a gameplay decision to just make a lot of variants, or if that's more of like a lore decision in that, uh, you know, shellfish are a simple form of life. So they could have mutated quickly into all sorts of different variations. One of the things it, uh, mentioned in the wiki is that um, a lot of the Myrlurks are basically, um, they, they kind of merged from different species um, that this wouldn't really happen in real life because they're coming from different, not just different species, but even different phylums. So um, uh, the the one it calls out is the crab Myrlurk, um, which is actually merged from Atlantic horseshoe crab and the Atlantic blue crab. Um, so it becomes something completely different, which mm. really happened. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. So, but yeah, I mean, there's shellfish everywhere. So it does make sense. And, you know, whether they're based on crabs or lobsters or crayfish or shrimp or whatever, I mean, they're going to turn up everywhere. Yeah. Yeah, the water's going to be irradiated. You're just going to end up with a bunch of funny, weird variations on those types of creatures. And it makes sense, too, that these uh, corporations were completely out of control. Yes. Every yeah. single body of water. That's There's not garbage cans. What was that? Didn't catch what, what did you say? Waters are not garbage garbage the cans. Water's not garbage water cans. Is not garbage cans. <laughs> yes. Yes. If only we could get all the companies in this world to to figure Good that out. That. Good luck with that. Yeah, that'd be nice. Yeah, but for um pure terror though, um I had to call out like the Meyerler Queen um with her mm. absolute barrage of different attacks and uh ran into my sad little level twenty five self ran the other day in uh in uh, 36 and I don't think you've ever seen me nope <laughs> out of a place quite so quickly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She's pretty big. She's, she's a big, she's a, a big one, a big lady. We'll call her. And she's got the acid and then she shoots her eggs and the hatchlings at you. And just, she's it, pretty. What a good yeah. mom, you know, <laughs> I just fling my children at you. Throwing her children. <laughs> Well, I will say, I bite. I bite. I know you bite. Cool. Yeah, my alerts are always a a difficult enemy because they have so much damage resistance everywhere except for like their little face. You got to get the bullets Uh, right in there. If you can't hit the face, you're kind of fuck. If you can get it to turn around and face you. Yeah. Totally. All right. So, what do you bring in for your invented? You know. Creature you, okay, so you want to add. This is where um, Kiddo's going to take over. Are you ready to talk about it? Okay, go for it. Uh, so they're called Meyercats. Meyercats? All right. What's a Meyercat? Put up the pictures. So yeah, I, well, I'm going to, but go ahead and keep talking, okay? They're yeah, ex- describe it. They're experimental creatures. Like, started out as house cats from scientists' pet project. Created in a similar way of centaurs. Okay. Thrown together with FEV. See what could what would happen. Nice. Nice. So, and yeah, you just so. shared the picture in the chat. I'm gonna have to share this on, on Twitter so other people can see your Meyer cat. 
Yes, I see. Odd. It's funny. It's fun how all of these ideas are kind of coming together. We had cats, we had centaurs, and now we've got, you know, Mirelurks. Yeah, and, uh, as people Meyer were talking cats. about it, I was kind of thinking, oh, this is actually kind of how we were approaching that. Because the idea was just that some scientist uh, was just messing around with FEV to see kind of what would happen. And uh, so during, during that, um, they mixed in some octopus with the cat. Yeah, it looks then, like tentacles, like coming yeah. out of its head. And yes. like the tail is like a tentacle also. Yeah, and there was no intention to, you know, release this. It was just scientists screwing around to see what would happen, as it so often is in uh, Fallout. <laughs> but then when the bombs fell, uh, the uh, creatures the, got uh, released. radiation made the octopus DNA. Yeah, and then just like with the regular Mirelurks, um, the radiation caused them to grow and to about a human size. Right. Okay. So these are like human sized. Now, can you yeah. imagine the intelligence of a cat, like the ability of a cat to stalk its prey and be quiet yeah. with, with the intelligence small. of like an octopus added together? Right. Octopi? Octopods yeah. are, are, are smart. Uh, yes, sir. Yeah. yeah. They, these guys are very smart. Well, not very, but they are, they're pretty smart. They do normally will live in groups and they will, if they hear you, they will try to make kind of, they'll make like a game plan, I guess is the good way to say it. And they'll try to do with their attack. Mm-hmm. So they're very stealthy. That was yeah. what we discussed. So they live in the, in the really swampy areas. So maybe like Point Lookout, um, like Murkwater, uh, down south of Quincy, that kind of area. Yeah, yeah. Then they've got a number of different attacks they can use. So their tentacles help them to reel the prey in and hold them in place. Or um, like alligators, they'll they'll try if they're if you're in water, they'll try to reel you down with them. So they'll pull you and hold oh. you down underwater to either drown you or slowly irradiate you. Yeah. Oh man, I can imagine one of these like the head just kind of peeking out on the top of the water, and then you step too close. Yeah. yeah. You step too close and all of a sudden those tentacles go around your leg and just you get pulled in. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nice. All right. Let's open this up to everybody else. Guys, what do you think about the uh, Meyer cat or Meyer lurks <laughs> in general? Have Would they be edible? <laughs> what would it be animal is that what you would it be would it be edible edible i was like would it be animal oh, yes it's an animal. would it be edible technically well, eat cat and you can certainly eat octopus so i don't see why not yeah, yeah the radiation very yeah well slimy you cook the radiation slimy. out of all the animals anyways supposedly <laughs> right <laughs> similar to you saying it was octopus related would it have the kind of way that octopuses do where it has a small but dense bone structure in the center of it so it can fit through small spaces so it's kind of squishy what do you think yeah yeah you think so yeah okay yeah we're going with yes (laughs) yeah would it have more of like a cat mouth or like a beak would it have like a like an octopus it has more of a muzzle it's it's more of a cat okay it's more of a cat mouth got it I was wondering that is this more of like something you'd find around the ocean or are they able to travel across land and maybe hunt a little bit broader? We're thinking that they stick mostly into kind of swampy areas. So water yet land. Yeah, so mm. where where the water kind of beats the land, that kind of So it doesn't hate the water like a cat normally that, would. Where, no, it's definitely well, adapted to water. It really likes to hunt with water because they try to drown you or radiate you, so 
like cool. water, but they like land. <laughs> cool, cool. All right. Well, very cool ideas. Um, do you guys want to add anything else before we move on? Hello. I am currently working on fan art. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, that's great. <laughs> it'll it'll be done in I'm half sorry. an hour. <laughs> oh, man. Maybe we should make t-shirts with Meerkat on them. Oh, my God. We'll see. That'd be awesome. <laughs> Very cool. Oh, Numer? But my drawing's crazy. I was gonna jump on the uh, jump on the fan train for the Meyer cat because uh, the concept of a cat with tentacles is uh, quite terrifying because cats already mm. paw at pretty much everything. So You're that's right. a really good, really good <laughs> idea. And um, but also with the um, with the Meyer lurks uh, specifically with the Meyer lurk queen. Um, that's she is one of the freakiest of all in my opinion of all the fallout creatures she just looks like this like lovecraftian monstrosity and that's a good description yeah yeah the way she looks just like makes no sense it's just this like giant top heavy thing that despite the way she looks is just so you know so damaging and the the variety of attacks she has and sending out her, the Myrler hatchlings after you and everything. And one of the worst things that can happen in 76 is if you're trying to take down the, uh, the scorch beast queen and she decides to call in one of her fellow Queens and you're fighting a scorch beast queen along with all the other, you know, scorched and everything else around you. And then all of a sudden you turn around and there's a scorch beast, uh, not a scorch beast queen, but a, uh, Myrler queen. Joining the queen, yeah, yeah, and that is just that just ruins your day because despite the fact that um you know you're supposed to be focusing on the sky, you get this giant thing that's blocking all your shots, and she's such a bullet sponge as well. So it's yeah, that's a that's a terrifying creature. The queen is yes, yes. Yes, woman, do you have something you were saying? It looked like it lit up. Did I? Oh, it might have been, uh, you know, here saying something. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, awesome. Awesome ideas. Did you guys, you guys want to wrap it up with anything? Anything else? Woman or child on fire? No? All done? I think we I should uh, congratulate child on fire for doing a great job on his first podcast. Yeah, good job. Thanks for joining hey, us. He's the one who created our picture here. So that's, uh, that's his yeah, I love it. Do better art. <laughs> no, it's so it's good though. It's fun. I like it. It gets the idea across. <laughs> <laughs> I like the eyes. It's got like these swirlies. Yeah, I just scribbled them uh, in just to okay. see if I could get creepy. <laughs> and then like the the dripping on the teeth, like the green little end of the fangs. Venom. Yeah. He yeah, says that's venomous. Venom. Oh yeah. There you go. Very cool. All right. Well, let's. Uh, we're going back to Captain Go Fast. Thank you guys for uh, for your ideas on that one. That was a lot, a lot of fun. Captain Go Fast, you're the last one up. What do you got for us? Well, um, you guys already kind of name dropped the critter that I was going to pick quite a few times. Yeah. Um, and and the first time that it was mentioned ever in the Fallout series was by Trent Bannister in Fallout One, and he. As soon as as soon as you meet him, I've never played Fallout One, but as soon as you meet him and talk to him, it goes big, big. These are the size of three men, claws as long as my forearm, ripped apart, ripped apart. 
and uh, he's talking about death claws, you know, and you guys have mentioned it quite a couple times. And, um, and the reason I picked death claws is for one, because um, it kind of encouraged me to check out what death claws were all about, you know, for the most part, um, I don't know. It's just been one of those critters that I've never really looked into of how they became to be and where they came from and yada yada and and how many different variants there are. It was kind of incredible. And um, so this was kind of new information to me, but um, quoting the Fallout Wiki, um, um, of course, the FEV virus, um, death claws were essentially FEV'd jackson's chameleons um native to east africa and were introduced to hawaii and florida and certain parts of california which is kind of cool because i've seen you know we've all seen a thousand death claws and i have never known like i was like what is what is this a mutant of is this like you just could never tell it's it's like right completely just on some otherworldly stuff and that's cool to me to figure that out um i think, honestly, we, hear the, I, I think uh, we hear the chimes of the chat coming through your microphone yeah so, I, let me, yeah let i don't know if you can mute the channel or not but um yeah yeah so i picked death claws because um everybody i'm sure everybody here and everybody listening has some sort of story with the death claw and and they're just they're in they're so they're so like every single time like i keep every time i think of a death claw i think of uh of um the fallout new vegas dlc big mountain where you go into this uh i can't remember the location but it's basically just a cul-de-sac around this fountain in this in this uh and there's tons of missions that have you go in there and there's this little tiny death claw named stripe <laughs> and yeah yeah see everybody's like i hate that that thing <laughs> and it's i don't know honestly the reason i picked death claws is because i kind of wanted to open this up more or less to you guys because i'm not really too i don't really have too much to say regarding um because like i said this gave me an ex- a reason to look into it myself so more or less i kind of want to open this up to you guys especially with you guys having um I, I I haven't played Fallout seventy six um for more than thirty minutes, so I have no experience with this. And with Fallout four, I have not made it past level sixty. And I was looking up different types of death claws. And in Fallout four, there's there's a uh, chameleon death claws and uh-huh. mythic death claws and and all these things I've never seen. Um, w- on top of death claws already just kind of just being like that that monster. Sure. So more or less, I kind of want to just open it up to you guys and just kind of like, I want you guys to tell me and teach me because, yeah, because I really just don't know too much about it. And I just kind of want to hear you guys' thoughts, honestly. Do you guys have like um, specific, you know, interesting interactions with death claws or certain types that you recall? Aperture? Well, my favorite has to be Goris, the intelligent death claw that becomes one of your uh, companions. Goris. In what game is that? Two. Oh, that's beyond me. I've never spent yeah. the time on that. Yeah. Most people have played four. Some people have played <laughs> like three in New Vegas, but 
like the majority of people have played any of those games. I've never played one or two. I've definitely so, started on three. So yeah. one and two were just kind of like out of my reach at the time. And well, initially the on. Go ahead. Uh, an interesting fact about Death Claws and Fallout Four. Um, there's one Death Claw outside Virgil's Cave, as we kind of all know if you've ever played Fallout Four's campaign. That death claw will never scale to your level. It will always be an ordinary death claw until you've beaten Virgil's kind of mission. When you go back, it will always appear as a level death claw that you are level to. So if you're, I think it's above level 80, it's chameleon. Above level 90, it's mythic, stuff like that. So it will never scale until you start scaling uh, after the mission because it's supposed to be like the third or fourth death call you're said to encounter so they didn't want to throw in like mythics that early on but my experience with going through the um area that those spawning i can't remember it's ocean something or something like that um going through there is so bad because i used to run into death calls and all that so often that when i got to that thing i liked it I literally like just turned around and went, nope, I'm run because I wasn't dealing with another death claw. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm looking at the stats right now for a mythic death claw. And for one, I haven't made it to level 91 to apparently that's when they start up. But just looking at the pictures of this thing, it's like, I couldn't, I don't have anything in my arsenal to like want to be like. <laughs> Mythics and chameleons can spawn together and actually fight. I've experienced that and it's annoying because <laughs> if you go near them they will stop fighting each other and fight you and then continue fighting each other <laughs> the friend awesome. of my friend is my enemy or the, the, the enemy, enemy of, of my, my enemy, enemy is my enemy mm. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're all enemies <laughs> god damn it <laughs> it's, it's funny because um go ahead oh, that's all you aperture um, well, Deathclaw is, um, the, sorry, uh, there's actually a species of intelligent Deathclaw that, uh, are completely sentient. Yeah, um, yeah, in what, Fallout 2? Yeah, Fallout 2, they were, mm-hmm. they, were, they were created by, uh, the Enclave, and they actually took over Vault 13. Vault 13, uh, yeah, you, you, you dropped out for a second. So Vault 13 was the vault that your character came from in Fallout 1, and then, um, it was eventually taken over by the Enclave. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. Te- yep. It was um, raided by the Enclave, and then uh, right. They, and dropped they, they dropped off the intelligent death clause to basically yep. hold the vault. <laughs> yeah, crazy, crazy stuff. Sorry, I didn't want to. I didn't mean to jump in on top of you. You kind of broken up, so I wanted to at least get that out there so people could hear it. Um, hey, it's all good. You're the lore master. <laughs> the, yeah, the lore master you guys know a lot of things that i don't because there's i don't know everything and i've been i've been learning it all as i as i've been going but um there's so much to know true dog did you have something you wanted to add in uh, the i always carried around a hefty amount of fragmentation mines just for death claws um and if i saw one i'd save the game right away and then i'd start throwing mines all over the ground because uh yeah, you got to cripple them and stop them, and then they just sponge the whole time. Yeah, that's probably a good tactic. I hadn't thought about doing that. 
So what weapons would you guys prefer in a battle with the Deathclaw? Because it's been a while since I played Fallout 4, so I can't really relate. But I do know for some reason in Fallout 3, the sawed-off shotgun and just a you know average level Deathclaw is that's the way to do it. So I mean, what what's frag mines obviously makes sense, but what are some other ones that? Anything with a rate of fire over two hundred and five bullets, or, oh, no, or you, just, you just got to get yourself a good old dart gun and hit him in the legs with the dart gun, then the shotgun to the face, him off right good. I say the dart gun. Yeah, being able to cripple them with that and then pull out whatever your primary was is another great way to stop them. The syringer doesn't actually work on them, which is an interesting fact because it works on most creatures. If you use a bleed-out syringe or anything, it will do the initial damage but won't do the after-effect damage. And if you use the blow, uh, not the blow, blow, the blowfly syringes, which make most characters run away their courage level is too high so they won't run away they'll just get more angry and run towards you at high speeds <laughs> well their skin is so thick the syringe probably can't uh, penetrate it that makes sense yeah oh no one mentioned the randy uh savage mod for <laughs> <laughs> yeah where, where they all go uh oh, what do they say uh, oh yeah that's it yep yep brother that yeah. mod does not exist in my eyes <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah it's a thing <laughs> new number did you have something you wanted to say oh yeah well i was gonna say you know someone who started with fallout one um you know death claws to me didn't get really terrifying until fallout three um they certainly were difficult and you know where something to certainly give you a good challenge in the first few games. But I remember my first time coming across a Deathclaw in Fallout 3, and it was in um, Old Only, um, yeah, which is all like cool. a broken down town in, um, in uh, Fallout 3. And I remember I, I wandered into the town and looking around, and then all of a sudden in the distance I saw a Deathclaw, and I was like, oh no, I'm not ready for that. Because it just seeing it, again, seeing something like that going from the isometric games and then going into fallout 3 it was such a, diff a different experience you know seeing things in first person yeah. and so i decided I, was, I just noped out of the town got out of there as fast as i could and i walk right into one right as <laughs> right out of the town <laughs> and he's right in my face and he starts slashing away at me and i'm i'm just like panicking at that point trying to take him down but after fallout 3 so like with um Really, starting with Fallout 4 was when I started playing more as a sneak sniper. So my big thing with, uh, with the Deathclaw, starting with Fallout 4 and definitely with New Vegas, is just take them down from a distance. Don't even let them get near you. <laughs> because especially the one of the craziest places to come across Deathclaws, too, is in the Glowing Sea, which there's, you know, super high level ones. And just, you know, all, you come across all the different variations of them out there and you're already taking radiation damage you're already coming across rad scorpions like crazy and you also see them fighting a lot of other enemies out there too so uh if you're playing as a sneak sniper you can hope to start you know whittling down its health while it's also fighting a rad scorpion at the same time yeah i always played as a sneak sniper as well and tried to would try to yeah whittle them down as much as i could before they even got to me Totally. All right, Captain. Um, let, let's move on to your invention or your 
character creation? What what would you add to the game? Oh, <laughs> well, um, oh, geez. You guys had some great ones also. That Nuka cat, the, the Meyer cat was, I don't even think I have anything that could come close to that, but. Unless you um, added Nuka to it and then you have a Nuka Meyer cat. Okay, well, with that being yeah. said, my Nuka Quantum Mer- Meyer cat. <laughs> no, I'm not going to steal that. That was a genius idea. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't know. Um, I, if I was to pick something, um, I honestly kind of appreciate all the uh, the insects and the critters from Fallout New Vegas. And here recently, um, I had been playing a little bit of Far Cry and kind of jumped into that. And 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 from my gameplays of Fallout, I've you know it's I remember playing as a kid, and and you know the the feral ghouls would just go wow and sneak up behind you and smack you and it just scare the crap out of you. And I was playing far cry and, uh, snakes. Like one of the things, like just having some, uh, some snakes crawling around, like, um, mm-hmm. and like getting after you. But now that I think about it, that's kind of already a thing in, uh, in the nuka world, I guess there's those, uh, they're kind of like the mole rats, but they're like, I don't know what they're called. Um, they, they definitely burrow. They're in that one, uh, that one old cowboy town in Nuka Town in Fallout Blood 4. Worms. Yes, those. I, so they are worms, I guess, but essentially, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I think like snakes and having like, uh, and the other one I was, I didn't have much time to prepare, but uh, I think Nunamur said birds in talking about pelicans. I thought that was kind of genius because those are in Fallout New Vegas as well and they're kind of just, just there. But like how crazy would it be to actually have a flying bird coming at you like in swarms and whatnot and stuff. So, so yeah, I, yeah I just, that, uh, it presents a completely different kind of enemy, especially if you had like a swarm of them, because how do you combat a swarm of like small animals? Right. Like that's the problem absolutely. with like the, in, like you're talking about insects or like the idea of like a snake coming up on you. It's small. So you don't necessarily notice it, but uh, yeah. Or like, you know, Cazadors. <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't even get me started. I'm never ready to battle those guys. Those guys and like the Legion assassins that just pop up on you everywhere. You're never ready for them. Ever. Nope. You never expect the Spanish Inquisition. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just, I don't know. Um, I didn't have much for my own critter. Um, snakes, extra insects would be kind of cool. Birds was definitely the number one. But yeah, I feel like Death Claws always have like crazy easter egg behind them or they're like hiding some crazy loot so it just yeah. kind of seemed like they're always kind of they're like kind of a staple like every time you come across a death call you're probably about to finish a main quest or about to like get schematics for something crazy or whatnot or you're just unlucky and you're just wandering through the environment and you're like oh that absolutely wrong yeah. time wrong place is definitely a key as well yep yep for sure Cool. Well, let's let's finish this up by opening up with everybody. And, and anybody have any thoughts about like smaller critters, you know, birds, bugs, those kinds of things? I think snakes like? would be interesting, especially in towards the south where like the Nevada desert and all that is. Uh, snakes are known to mutagen around things. So like um, when Chernobyl blew up, snakes were known to adapt by thickening their skin and all that so it's not exactly uncommon for snakes to adapt in ways like that so who's to say that a snake didn't when the bomb dropped uh snakes didn't adapt to um 
have thicker hide and more poisonous venom. It could be like a good enemy, especially anacondas and all that who are already massive. They could grow even bigger or could grow legs or stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. Or, or a lot of snakes would be hiding in their little hidey holes under the ground. So a lot of them may survive the initial impact of a like explosive going off only to reemerge in the, you know, irradiated wastes and end up with some sort of crazy mutations and things. So totally, you, I guess you'd expect to find a lot of animals that burrow and hide underground to have survived. Unimer? Yeah, I was no, just really quick. I was going to say, you know, I thought we were going to make it through this whole podcast without Cazadors being brought up. So thanks for bringing them up. Now I'm going to uh, nightmares. nightmares again. Yeah. Worst, worst enemy in the Fallout games altogether. We should do a, we should do a poll about that. True Dog, what do you got? What I wanted to ask, if, if we have the moment here, uh, what was everyone's most terrifying creature in the games? Because for me, being chased down and hunted by rad scorpions in New Vegas, it always just rubbed me the wrong way. Like, that seemed like the worst way to get uh, finished off if you were actually dealing with that. Yeah, well, let's, uh, let's wrap this up by going down the list and we'll just have everyone just kind of real quick name, name their most, what's the question, most terrifying creature? Uh, yeah, I guess that works. Okay. Yeah, aperture. I once accidentally aggroed an unkillable eyebot, and it took me around Boston for three hours. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, that would be very scary. <laughs> okay, uh, Captain. I would have to go with Stripe in uh, in Big Mountain because I little tiny Deathclaw. Yeah, I was stuck in a save where I was just pretty much just meeting him, and it auto saved, and I had no ammo, no nothing, and it probably took me so many tries to just like get run away <laughs> so quick magnus unmodded i'd have to say yeah vanilla like hunters they are annoying because i play sneaky sniper and when one burrows up behind you doesn't work out very well very true Unimer? yeah i'm gonna go with something recent which is um, the ticks in um, oh Fall yeah ticks? They freak me out. They're so spider like, and oh, I mean they but are you know arachnids. they're ticks. Yeah. Oh, and they're like full of blood and oh yeah. When they hit you and you see them fill up with your blood and the little tick 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 noise they make as they're running up to you and they're hard to see too. So like you don't see them till they're right up on you. And I'm always farming them too because I'm trying to get tick blood to make some stim packs and every single time I see one I get goosebumps all over and a chill up my spine every time and <laughs> nice. I see all the time. Have you noticed that sometimes their uh, the, the coloration on their backs looks like a face like a death claw face? I don't know that's just kind of what yeah, it looks like to me. No no there's also the there's a variant I forget what it's called it's like the, the master one of the group like and it looks like almost skeletal and how uh -huh. it looks. It almost looks like it has a skull on its back and that thing's even freakier. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we're going to go to woman on fire and child on fire. You guys both can chime in if you want. I got to go with the death claws, mostly because the ground will shake and there's just this horrible moment of, oh, my God, where is it? You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The T-Rex <laughs> moment from Jurassic yes. Park of like, yes. uh, uh. From yeah. what I saw. I think centaurs. Centaurs, because they're super creepy and weird. 
Yeah, that's a good one. I draw really weird stuff, but that's that's gone up. <laughs> cool. Soybean? You got one? Hello, sorry. Uh, I was finishing the picture, and my computer does this thing when I'm saving an image that it sounds like a rocket taking off. Ah. <laughs> so um, I'd say... My least favorite is also along the Mirelurk end. I hate Mirelurk queens and hunters because I'm just sitting there stabbing myself with stim packs, trying to get past the acid damage, <laughs> right. and trying to whack at it. Because at least in '76, I'm a melee character, as is most people, <laughs> and um, it's just a rough go of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They can be tricky. Um, I'm going to say, uh, that one bridge that I was walking over in fallout three, where I'd clipped through the bridge and then fell through the ground into the abyss of nothingness. That was pretty scary. Uh, yeah. All right. So thank you everybody for joining me. This has been a lot of fun. Um, ah, man, I feel like it, it's been a long conversation, but I also feel like, man, we're at the end. Huh? How did that happen? Uh, oh, there's the drawing. Soybean is sharing the drawing in the chat of a Meyer cat. Very cool. <laughs> I have to give you a minute so that uh, my kiddo can fawn. Oh, it's so cute! <laughs> oh my gosh. It's a very oh cute God. Meyer cat. I love it! <laughs> very, very cool. Yeah, I'm going to share this on Twitter. So guys, look look for these on Twitter. And thank you everybody for, for well, first of all, thank you for your support uh, as patrons, I really do appreciate it. You guys help keep me going and help fund my ability to do this. Cause now a significant portion of my livelihood is based around being able to do podcasts. So I really do appreciate your support. And, um, I'd love to chat with you guys again next month. Uh, we got to come up with a fun new topic for next month. I don't know if anybody has any off the top of their head. They want to just throw out there. Cause sometimes that ends up being the topic. Aperture. Did you have one? Uh, I couldn't say, but we got to remember to do the uh, the uh, goodbyes uh, before yes. we cut out this. Yes, we will. I'll remember to do that. Thank you for the reminder. Captain, did you have one? Have an idea? I don't know. Next episode could be a little bit of a joke session and be about our favorite bugs and glitches. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's, yeah, that's a fun idea. We could also yeah. do like favorite quest or DLC. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's a good idea too. All right. Well, here, we'll we'll debate it in the uh, patron chat. And if you would like to join us next month, then sign up um, after the end of the month. So uh, there's 29 days in this February, this year. And sign up. Actually, I mean, if you accidentally sign up too early, it's not like I'm not going to let you join us. But it just becomes more of a difficult thing to have to manage because you're like, okay, who signed up? And how did that work? But if you join us for March before the end of the month as a tier four or higher patron, then you can join us at the end of the month and jump in the chat with us. And if you sign up as any other level, then you get things like no advertisements and all the, all the other fun stuff. Get to join the different Discord channels. So thank you to everybody for joining me. Let's go down the list and you guys can tell our listeners how to get a hold of you or how to reach out to you. So Aperture, start us off. Well, you can, you can always find me at... Um... Instagram, Twitter, and uh, on the Discord at Aperture underscore Flash. If you have a CB radio and I'm in your area, you feel free to hop on channel 19 and I'd be happy to break with you for a while. Or if uh, you find yourself 
stranded in the middle of the night, your car broken down, lost, scream out in anguish, and after the headlights. I also need to make a shout out to a few people. Yu Yu, uh, Simply Smitty, and I'm going to butcher Azuth Music. Uh, they all reached out to me and I wanted to say hi. So Cool. Great ch- chatting with you. Yeah. Hi, everybody. Yeah. Awesome. True Dog. Uh, well, as always, thank you, Ped, for um, giving me the opportunity to do this. You are the greatest. Um, my handle on Instagram is Oakenpaw underscore ranch. I got that wrong like two episodes ago, so I wanted to clear that up. I post and whoever on- they've been reaching out to since that episode. Sorry. Really mad at me about that. So <laughs> find me there. It's not what I said before. <laughs> <laughs> cool. All right, Captain. Yeah, so um, you can find me on Instagram um, as my former, um, <laughs> the dark name, S H I M T T T I O T, you know. Um, I'm involved with a lot of uh, radio stuff here in Montana, college radio and uh, skateboarding, filming, and photography. So if that's your thing, and otherwise, here on the Discord, we're out here gaming it up. So that's where we are. Awesome. Awesome. Magnus? Yeah, I kind of just have Discord, but I'm on here almost all the time. So just hit me up for message or whatever. Yep. Yeah, and Discord's a, just a general good way to get hold of anybody on here. Um, for sure. Uh, new number? Yeah, I was going to shout out the Discord as well. Um, anyone who enjoys this podcast, definitely join this community. Tom has built a wonderful community on this Discord. So. Um, it's a great place to reach any of us or make lots of friends on this great community. So uh, you can find me on here and I'm also on Twitter. Numer is a weird name. So it's N-E-U-N-O-M-E-R. Say it however you want, but that's how it's spelled. Neunomer. Like that. Awesome. Uh, soybean? Hello. Uh, I am at Soybean the pretty much everywhere. If you want to see my art kind of stuff, that's usually on uh, F.A. or Weasel, um, which also has links at my Twitter. And yeah. And yeah, cool. And um, can we share your your image with everybody? Is that cool? Yeah, totally. (laughs) All right, cool. Um, Yes, we'll be looking for that on the on the Twitter. And then uh, woman on fire plus child on fire. So um, I'm usually hanging out in uh, Discord, and I'm rolling away on Twitter. And over there, I'm at Firewriter, F-Y-R-E, Writer. Very cool. All Can right. Share one of yours? I'm sorry. I think you, you dropped out for a second. Say that again. Oh, sorry. Uh, I was asking him if he wanted to share one of his. Oh, gotcha. So okay. they can probably they can probably go, go through you if 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 they want to say yeah. hey yeah, good, good ideas kid yeah that's, that's probably the best thing uh, keep the kids safe you know so awesome thank you everybody for joining me and thanks for calling out the Discord the Robots Radio Discord link is in the show notes so if you want to jump in there and chat with any of us about any of these things you're more than welcome to um, we've got over what seven hundred and something people now it just it just keeps growing. And uh, you know what I love to see, especially with Wastelanders coming out and the Fallout community at large is more um, connecting and playing that game together as people kind of come back to it. Because I know a lot of people have kind of fallen away 
waiting for the big release. So I think that'd be a lot of fun to have some community events. And even if I'm not running them for you guys to feel free to just say, Hey, I'm hopping online, you know, on PC or PS4 or whatever tonight at this time, I'd love to group up with some people and do some content. Um, it's always more fun with friends. So that would be super fun. So thank you for everybody for joining me and I'm super excited. This will come out. I'm sure if you're listening to this right now, you'd be like, well, duh, it's already out. But so for the people in, in the chat right now, this will, this will be out Tuesday night, which means within uh, two days, three days of that, I will be up in the Boston area and talking with some people up there. So um, the other thing I wanted to note, if you're still listening, is send me some questions. I'm going to do what I can to get some interviews with some people at Bethesda, some other content creators, people that I run into up at the uh, Bethesda Game Days event uh, and PAX East. If I can get into PAX East, the tickets are all sold out, but I'm trying to get in there as well. So if you have questions about Fallout, about Wastelanders, about any of that stuff, I'd love to come armed with some of the things that you guys want to know so I can get some questions answered if at all possible. So feel free to let me know about that. And there's also a channel called the Boston Meetup in our Discord. So if you're going to be up there, if, if you're not going to be up there, Type the questions in Boston Meetup. If you are going to be up there, then we can use that cha that channel to get together. So if I'm going out to eat or we're having like kind of a meetup at the bar or whatever, we can say, hey, this is where we are. Come hang out with us. So go check that out. So thanks again, everybody. And I will let you guys go and have a good rest of your night. I'll talk to you guys next time. See you later. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Fallout Lorecast. All sounds and music are owned by Bethesda Softworks, and no copyright infringement is intended. If you have something you'd like to contribute to the show, please contact us at falloutlorecast at gmail.com or follow us and post some messages to us on Twitter at falloutlorecast. And if you'd like to support the show, tell a friend, or check out the rewards you can get for becoming a patron at patreon.com slash falloutlorecast. I really appreciate you listening, and I'd love to hear from you soon. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park.